Are you guys ready to record this whole thing all over again? <laughs> I didn't care for it. I didn't buy it. That, that seems pretty ridiculous. I don't even want to think about the possibility of you having your dick out. Yikes. This is the most important thing in the universe. What happened to it? I, I, I don't know. I needed to suck in absolutely every moment of awesomeness. Yeah. Welcome to the Geek Legacy Podcast, where we talk about everything in the realm of entertainment news, so long as it falls under the geeky umbrella. I realize it's been a hot minute since we've had an episode. A lot, lot's happening, man. This whole last like month has been insane, but it's finally cooled down. We're back, and we're very excited about it. Welcome to episode 361. For those of you keeping score, I'm Justin Kavner. With me, as always, Mr. Randy Van Dyke. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I got a pistola in each hand, ready to shoot down any motherfuckers that are going to give a shit for being gone for a month. Because you know what? <laughs> Podcasters need vacations, too. This is true. Pistola. That's what I call it, too. I like that. I know. I thought <laughs> I, I said that for you. Just, just oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where I got that from. <laughs> it just sounds a lot less threatening than <laughs> I got a pistola. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, cool. Well, I'm glad you're here. Very excited. Uh, Mr. Dave Edmondson, how are you doing today? I feel a lot like Han Solo in like Return of the Jedi when he Return of the Jedi when he gets uh, unfrozen from carbonite and he realizes that like a lot of shit's happened since the last time we talked. And Randy had the premiere of his film that everyone loves. You got married. I'm just sitting here saying my 3D prints. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing happened. I'm like, I'm like, wow, the whole world's passing me by. But uh, yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, you know, uh, couldn't be prouder of both of you. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk about some fucking geeky shit. I did get a lot of feedback when I was at your wedding, actually, Justin, uh, of a lot of people uh, that really enjoyed the the podcast and uh, uh, really like it when Randy perks up. So I'm just gonna say, hey, Randy, uh, what's the update on the Razor Crest? Oh shit! I'm glad you asked. So, I don't know if any of you have been keeping track. I know you two have specifically, but I heard it hit shores. U.S. We're shores. In a- buttload of a shipping crisis right now and um that delayed that among other things i'm sure uh delayed the razor crest from making landfall here on earth or at least in the united states until uh what was going to be january of next year it was supposed to initially hit fall so sometime in uh october november originally they were talking about here we are in october and there have already been two shipments that have hit uh, hit the states now they haven't made their way into fan hands yet they've basically just uh i don't know how people get this information but they've been on shipping manifest from ships that have docked so they are in the process of offloading currently but a few thousand of them have hit uh u.s soil out of the twenty-eight thousand that have sold now who are these ones going to be shipped out to i have no idea is it going to be in any kind of way like based on the order that you placed your your uh, order through HasLab? Probably not. But uh, it would be great if they did, because I would be within the first 5,000. Um, so we'll see. Uh, that means that hopefully they should be hitting uh, uh, like fan hands very, very soon. Um, but that's all I know about the Razor Crest for now. Now, there has been some other really fun uh, Mandalorian toy news this week. So Star Wars started doing this thing called Bring Home the Bounty, and um, where they're going to be releasing new products every week that you can pre-order 
course pre-order because none of it's available now and none of it can get into the country now but you can pre-order all this stuff uh a new load of things drops each week and it leads up to uh the end of december for, with the uh the the launch of the very first episode of the book of boba fett so it's a, a neat little thing they're calling bring home the bounty so for this being the very first week of the event they uh showed and made available for pre-order the entire wave two of the retro line of mandalorian figures done on uh, this is hasbro done in the old kenner style the old five points of articulation old looking 70s 80s retro style action figures and one of the coolest looking ones of the whole bunch is boba fett in his new in his new look from the end of mando season two and holy shit, that looks like a badass figure that I need to own in that retro look. So so that's what they, they released for week one. We have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 12 weeks leading up to Book of Boba Fett. So expect 12 fun uh, bits of merchandise to drop and be available to pre-order uh, in the weeks leading up to the series. So yay for that. We got all sorts of Mandalorian stuff to keep us occupied. <laughs> You're raising your hand, Justin. This, this makes me feel like I'm at work. Well, um, once yes, you get question. going, Randy, you don't take a breather, so I didn't I want don't. to interrupt. <laughs> I don't. So I'm raising my and, hand. And, and David knew exactly what he was doing, getting me all wound up. Too. Wound you, I wound you up and let you let you clap like the monkey you is. Oh, right. man, I am, I am predictable as fuck right now. Uh, what's up, sir? <laughs> um, I'm just curious. Um, this renewed vigor in Star Wars collecting... Um, do do you feel it? Are you like a kid in a candy shop again? I mean, Mandalorian has has hit the reset button for you. I see it. David sees it. I'm just curious if you see it. <laughs> no, I, I very much see it, and and I 100% acknowledge that that Mandalorian did it for me. Um, I felt a little resurgence in 2015 when we were getting hyped up for the Force Awakens, and then it kind of quickly died back out. Um, and that was for like new product, current product, current media you know for the new movies the sequel movies um, i think i think of the 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 lack of of variety had a lot to do with that it wasn't like you know you had you know 30 figures right off the bat like the the, the weekend the, the movie launched it was right. here's six guys if you get them great if not you know it's no sweat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of weird so <laughs> yeah it was yeah. it was a really weird merchandising strategy for, for I, the new i agree and, and there was stuff all over i mean but but it wasn't like the old concentrated merchandise launches like all of us at some point in time went to a midnight madness for a star wars movie like all of us here in this show we've all been to see what it looked like for episode three or episode one or you know any of the prequel movies it was just it was bedlam it was mayhem it was just like people filling up shopping carts indiscriminately with walls and walls filled with action figures um for the sequels which we very clearly documented here and, and even back in 2015 if you go back in our old archives of the show i actually I, I was interviewing people in line out in front of toys r us for midnight madness for the force awakens and i even had the recording running as we were running back to the star wars section just to kind of document the sounds and what people were saying and doing and you just heard like almost a collective groan as we turned a corner and saw how little stuff there was there there was there was a, a decent amount of stuff but it was spread out over so many different products product lines like sure there were only like six maybe maybe six different five uh, point of articulation three and three quarter inch figures but then there was a whole black series thing and then there were like 12 inch figures and then they were like eight inch figures and then there were like all these different sizes it wasn't 
like a focus like before for all the prequels uh three and three quarter inch was the flagship line so sure they were going to have 20 30 however many figures available at launch um now they've got so many different scales and so many other different kind of fingers in different pies so to speak that they don't really have it all concentrated onto one and it's it's making it so it doesn't feel as inclusive as it used to be in terms of like, hey, here's a cool looking alien character that's in the background and has maybe one or two lines and die is cool. You know, before it was only a matter of time, but you were going to get it in action figure form. Now it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to customize that thing because there's no way Hasbro is going to get around to releasing this because they are only doing main characters. And that's even if you're fucking lucky. They haven't like if you look at the and, and I'm way sidetracking now but if you look at uh there's a lot of characters from solo that never got any kind of release on whether it's black series or or vintage collection or even the five poa line there's so much stuff out of solo that just never got any recognition and what's even more egregious the final uh the final film of the skywalker saga rise of skywalker um they only released something like two or three figures in the vintage collection that's the highly articulated uh three and three quarter inch and they didn't have a five poa line for that and they got a little bit of love in the black series but like rise of skywalker got royally boned they still haven't made a reborn emperor uh, they got a dark side ray in the the six inch black series, and that's kind of cool from the from that vision. But I mean, there's so much stuff from that last movie, and I love it or hate it, but they should have they should have merchandised it to support it, and they really did. They went hard on the Sith trooper because <laughs> everything Sith trooper that, and then we're like, oh this oh this thing that's in the movie for eight seconds, oh yeah, it does nothing. Right. I'm I'm just, just curious. Yeah. I think I'm just curious if they just took a bath on the gross amount of figures that were left over when episode three was done, you know, cause there was I so, I don't think so that they, they, I mean, we would go to uh, episode three shit sold well. I mean, like every well, time I, I, every time I went, I don't, I, I think that Hasbro just got lazy. Like, and I think that, you know, you know, cause they, they, they did a couple things after episode three and, you know, Hasbro's really, really as as a fervent Star Wars collector. You know, Hasbro's clearly shifted away into like the Marvel Legends. You know, right? Um, uh, way Those are twenty dollars figures too, right? You know, and right. that's all they do is pump out Marvel Legends. Like every couple right. of weeks, it's a new Marvel Legends line. But and I mean, it, to Randy's point though, like you know, there were those six figures, but there was only like two or three of each of those figures in each store. It wasn't yeah. like there was an abundance of them. It was if you weren't the first or second person there that wanted that figure, you weren't going to get it. Right, and they made stupid choices too. It's like talking. Speaking of Solo, you know, Randy was saying only a couple of characters got made, but one of them was Kira. I mean, I don't know anyone who wanted Kira out. You I mean you want Solo? You want Lando? You want Chewbacca? Tandy you Newton. want you want Teacher, <laughs> You want Tandy, You want Beckett? <laughs> you know, you you want you want Darth Maul? I mean. Uh, of course, yeah. you want Infant Ness. Yeah, Infant Nest. I mean, they made her. They they made a few figures that are that are that are pretty cool, and they made a decent range of them in the five POA line. But we never got Dryden Voss, who was like the villain in the whole. Yeah, thing. he's I cool mean, too. The Black series they got him, and the cool thing about that, you put him in the freezer, and scars appear on his face. You get him in regular temp- uh, temperature, and then it goes to normal. They did a cool like it's like a Zartan thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you> yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't even think it was advertised on the package. I think people just randomly found out that. That, holy shit he could do this thing you know and they <laughs> never made him toys in the freezer <laughs> right or taking him outside in the snow i don't know but um but yeah, yeah I mean, and just, just like... i have access to like the npd data which is like the national product developers like uh their 
their national data of you know what the sell through is and stuff like that and and star wars shit is is selling like crazy and it's just it's 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 hard for me because it's different now you know it's it's yeah. those 25 dollar black series to where you know I'm, I'm used to getting the you know the three and three quarter inch it used to be you know like the cadillac of, you know the cadillac of collecting was star wars three and three quarter inch you know and i'm just sad that hasbro has decided that that line is not worth investing heavily enough in to try to bring it back to where I mean, I think that I think they could, and you know, mm-hmm. as someone who does not think very highly of Hasbro at this moment, it really disappoints me. Yeah, and and when I look at, at like current media, let's look at like the animated current media and look at the Bad Batch. Um, we've got representation in the Black Series sections line. Um, there's no lead characters from the Bad Batch represented in three and three quarter inch. Period. They released a four pack, and they were all like rando clone troopers or um, maybe named clone troopers from the series or whatever, but none of them are the main are any of the main characters, right? And they don't reflect any of their looks or the paint deco that you would expect to see the Bad Batch uh, to, to, to look like, you know, from the series. And then in their new series, in the new line, like the two and a half inch figures, the mission series, um, all the Bad Batch is there. You got some pretty badass ships and vehicles, not play sets necessarily, but, you know, the Razor Crest is already out on store shelves in that scale. Um, we've already got a bunch of different, um, like, scout troopers and and uh, speeder bikes and, and IG-88 with little Grogu strapped around his chest kind of thing, um, all in that two and a half inch scale. None of this shit has come out in three and three quarter, you know? I can also see it being crazy. I can also see Lucasfilm possibly, you know, being not difficult. I don't say difficult, but like trying to steer Hasbro in a direction, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or Disney, you know, you know, I don't think it's any secret that, you know, for a long period of time, Disney was trying to push Disney Star Wars over, you know, just Star Wars in general, you know, to where I think there might've been some kind of backlash off of that too, is, you know, they, they they weren't emphasizing the Bubba Fett's and the Vaders and the Luke Skywalkers as much as they were trying to, you know, capitalize on the Disney made Star Wars things. And I get it, you know, that's the new hotness. You know, typically that's what you would capitalize in. But one of the great things that Star Wars always did was, you know, even when they had new lines, you know, they would still, you know, when they had the episode two stuff, then they'd have like, you know, after all they did all the episode two stuff, they'd use the same packaging and do like the saga line. And you know, that's mm-hmm. where you would get you got that cool Luke Skywalker with like the the vein the weather veins that you could like suction cup to a wall and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just I didn't see a lot of that with the sequel trilogy. It looked like buy our sequel trilogy shit. We're not giving you other stuff. They they did it to a small degree. Um they like when I know when Rogue One came out, um, they used the Rogue Run packaging that had the little death trooper up in the top corner of it, and they released some non-movie figures. They even released some animated like rebels style figures and stuff on that packaging. But, but by and large, it was, you know, uh, Disney era. But I think one of the smartest things that Disney did, if they were going to be kind of doing that and still trying to market to the old school, original trilogy collectors or even prequel collectors <laughs> is by setting stuff, you know, what like- do you want, Randy? <laughs> Tell us what you want. <laughs> Obviously prequel stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm an original trilogy guy myself, but um, but by by giving us uh, Rogue One, for example, you know, you give us Darth Vader, you give us ships and 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 pilots and stuff that we're familiar with, and uh, you know, it, it's back in that original trilogy era, and and it at the same time, yes, it is the the Disney era of filmmaking, 
but in in terms of you know uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away it's an era that we're familiar with so you know uh one of the things that just recently dropped uh as a target exclusive for the the vintage collection is the blue leader uh x-wing and talk merrick and his his x-wing fighter um so you actually get a blue x-wing pilot which is the first time anyone i don't i think any of them has ever been released so he's in a blue jumpsuit but he's also got a blue x-wing from rogue one and um that's and cool. that's nice because it's it's totally familiar original trilogy hardware um you know so i don't know um here I we are my, i need my last jedi admiral akbar i got my uh i, got I my force awakens admiral akbar i need my last jedi admiral akbar asking for a oh. friend <laughs> well he yeah because that's the last time we see him like it that's his death suit you know yeah we gotta we gotta get that immortalized in plastic but Anyway, here we are. We're, we're firmly entrenched in the Disney era right now. We've got all this media. There's a whole new animated series, Disney Vision or uh, Star Wars Visions, right now, which I've only seen the first couple episodes of, but it's fucking amazing. Though the one that's done in the anime style, mm-hmm. I see people, I see customizers 24 hours after an episode drops, and they've got 3D STL files ready to go for all the customizers that that want to print their own figures because the toy companies, specifically Hasbro, are dragging their ass on it and not pro- either not producing the material at all or not producing it fast enough so i got go 3d printer i know right i'm a pilot anyway so that I'm, I'm i'm done with my rant on that for now but um yeah give us yeah, I, bet, I, bet, I, I bet the razor crest i bet they sh- i bet they ship it by like um geography so i wonder yeah. if it hit which which port it hit i wonder because it's, it's coming from china right yeah they're both yeah, terrible though really- both east and west coast ports are right, are but I mean, if, if if it's coming from China, then it would have gone across the um, the Pacific, so it would more than likely hit Long Beach, the last or like you know somewhere on the west coast. Um, so I bet they start the delivery from the west coast on. So you might be in, you might be in luck, Randy. Man, I I'm gonna I'm gonna do my happy dance, and I'll record it for all to see when that thing comes. I am curious what their distribution center is. Do you know where it's located? Or I do not. Do they have a main one? Do they have two? Do they have one on each coast? I know their main uh, one's in Rhode Island. That's okay. where that's where the headquarters is. Uh huh. Because um, then, I mean, then it just becomes obviously it's a logistics issue. Like, how does it make most sense? Uh, you know, to get these things to where they're going, and, and, and it never and it, to go to Randy first, and it, and it never makes sense. Like the way the logistics works uh, and how the computer factorize like factors what is the best way to deliver this stuff will never make sense to someone that doesn't do it. <laughs> You're like, why does it make more sense to go to Kansas before it does to go right down the street? It's so weird. You just don't get it. Yeah, it's just all about prioritizing like uh, shipping and costs and what have you. Right. So and also, weird. you know, it also could factor into like their fiscal year to where if they think that, you know, they're going to get their second shipment like like maybe a couple of weeks later you know they might prioritize like the far off people because it'll take about a week to get there and then so by the time those start hitting it the new batch will hit this and then they can hit the west coast with that so yeah um, i hope you get yours soon randy I hope and, so then I, and, and then i hope i get my hero quest sometime soon did you get oh, yeah, two you or one, one. I got two razor crests and one hero quest. Got it. Um, so hopefully I should be getting both ships. Uh, but I'll be happy if they stagger it. Give me one now. Give me one next year. Totally fine by me. Unfortunately, 
and 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 he's a listener to this podcast so i can't badmouth him too much i've already my my second one is already spoken for and i already agreed to give it to him for the, the for cost so wow. i'm not i'm not going to be able to use it as the epic trade bait that i initially bought it for but that's okay it, it'll actually make friends <laughs> it'll actually make rachel happy that i'm not uh sitting on two giant ass boxes of things you know uh here at the house actually i kind of wish i saved my shipping box for the uh for the sale barge now because maybe that would have had the uh, point of origin in terms of like what warehouse they shipped it out of but oh well we shall yeah. see what's Thank the aftermarket you. on the razor crest going for right now do you have any idea i haven't checked it but if you give me a moment i will look it up because <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure was, they're going for all kinds of fun money on yeah eBay right now. it was 350 right was how much it yeah. was the cost 350 yeah and i'm sure it'll only it'll explode that first week they start hitting and then you know it'll kind of level off, but I'm sure it'll be quite a good investment for those those who bought more than one. So um, it looks like starting asking price is eight fifty to nine hundred. Wow. There's one with five bids that's at seven fifty five currently right now. And for fun, just for funsies here, let's go to completed auctions and see if any of these have actually sold. So here we go. Sold items. I was gonna say that one with bids. I mean that's a eight ninety nine, seven fifty, seven ninety nine, seven ninety nine, seven ninety nine, five ninety nine. That guy got a oh, good deal. Steal. <laughs> Six ninety nine. Just just giving it to your buddy at cost. Oh my god! What the hell am I doing? I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> really Six fifty, five hundred, or five hundred, five ninety nine, seven seventy five, eight seventy five. So let's just say between 600 and 900 is what people are currently paying. And that's all pre-order. Once they drop, once they're here in hand, I guarantee that some of the first ones in hand that are listed on eBay that like show the box and tantalize people with the idea of getting their hands on it like months before the rest of the randos do, those ones are going to top a thousand. And oh, I'm not yeah. even joking. Because if I didn't order one, if for some reason my shit got declined or, or if I just brain farted and didn't order one um and i had the money right like right now and i saw one and somebody has it and it's in california and it'll be in my hands in a week and it's a thousand dollars buy it now i would be like fuck i'm gonna hate myself for doing this but buy it now <laughs> i would i would do that shit because i would want to be one of the first ones to have it in my hands and i would want to guarantee that i got it you know um and and yeah. just because it's such a beloved property for me right now and, and going back to what you said at the beginning of this whole tirade mandalorian 100 percent reinvigorated my love for star wars but more specifically my desire to collect it and have it on my shelf like the other new media the movie didn't do up. it for me as much <laughs> i know i know i know it sucks but there's so little Mandalorian stuff out there in my specific scale. I will take whatever I can get and I will do it with a smile on my face. But yes. Yeah. I think what's going to be Mandalorian cool is, and once, Fett is my shit. Once the once people start getting that uh um the razor crest in and they and they start to see you know the scale for the carbonite slabs, I bet there's gonna be a million 3D printed like uh um, you know, different kinds of carbonite, like, you know, Jar Jar and carbonite yeah. and all these other ones and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be, uh, that, that, that'll be something fun for the Razor Crest. Oh, for sure. They've already got ones that are, it's like 
George Lucas and Carbonite and uh, Slave Leia and Carbonite and all that kind of thing. But once they get the actual Razor Crest in hand, the top of oh, the, the Carbonite scaling. slab has a little indentation on it because it's there's a claw inside the ship that holds onto those. So once people get that actual physical uh, Carbonite slab in their hand and they can see and measure where that that indentation is, they can build it into their 3D models and then they can hang them inside the ship, you know, once they print them out. So then you can have all your different custom characters in Carbonite. I'm I'm going to 3D print one of each of us to put in your Razor Crest. That would be fucking amazing. I would display the shit out of that. <laughs> can I be naked? Sure. I'd I'm be disappointed if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a photo. For research purposes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need a 3D rendering if you could uh, go ahead and just take care of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you covered. <laughs> I got a couple of uh, spares. I'm already ready. <laughs> Love oh, it. Goodness. Well, since you brought up the Star Wars, uh, the other day I had a little poll on the Twitter there. In which order do you watch the Star Wars films? Do you start with the original trilogy, then prequel trilogy, and then sequel trilogy? So watching them in release order. Or do you go in chronological order? Um, or do you just fucking go like crazy and do any order sometimes people are just in the mood for a single film which is totally fine that would classify as uh, any order and then some people do like the machete order and then i also had an order 66 option which was just eliminated the sequels because some people just aren't into the disney uh star war as it were and uh we actually got 216 total votes which is pretty cool that's a good turnout. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, starting from the bottom to the top, uh, Order 66, so no sequels. That was 12% of the vote. Any order was 13.9%. Chronological order was 315 And then release order was at the top at 42.6%. Now, I, I do think it's sometimes fun, maybe for your first experience, to watch them in release order. I think that that would be the way to go. So like when my kids are old enough and they are ready to watch star wars we will go in release order but i do think that it's kind of fun to watch it in chronological order once you've already seen it and you know everything that's going to happen yeah for but. me the only outliers are the the standalones like you know because you know they were released in the midst in between the sequel trilogy stuff so i think what i would do is i would go mostly release order i'd go original trilogy prequels and then i'd probably do the standalones and then the sequel trilogy last um I think that would be that would be my preferred way to do it. I, I think by watching the original trilogy and then the prequels, you know, I think that's the way that that you know Luke has built in a lot of like you know Easter eggs and a lot of like insight and things like that to where you appreciate. I, I think that you appreciate Anakin Skywalker more knowing his path as Darth Vader. I think if you just watch it, you know, um, chronological to where you watch the prequels and then the sequels, prequels and the original trilogy, I think that. You know the turn, the, the Vader's turn might not work with you. It might seem kind of quick and half-hearted, um, and you know you don't necessarily maybe buy him as this major, major badass that he is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, speaking of the the standalones, uh, I finished a tweet saying I can watch Rogue One or Solo by themselves without remorse. Uh, the others, not so much. So like, I can pop in Rogue One and call it a day as soon as it's over, and then go on to something else like Jurassic Park or whatever the fuck. Uh, and I'm totally cool with that. Um, but I never work them into the rotation as far as watching uh, the movies. And the sequel trilogy, I feel like I can watch those kind of whenever I want to. Uh, I don't need to watch those in order. Because uh, they don't really have 
I feel like I feel like they're each one has its own unique jumping off point to where it, it's not there's no real fallout if you don't watch them in order. You know what I mean? Like each one has an ending and you just kind of go from there. It's not like you need to have watched the one to understand the next. Like I can watch Last Jedi right now and 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 be totally cool with that. Whereas if I were to start with Empire, I would be kind of weirded out <laughs> that I didn't right. watch that I didn't watch A New Hope first. And I, I think that that's strange. And and it has its own uniqueness about it. Maybe maybe that's good writing too in that you don't necessarily need to watch the other ones to to go on. I, it's hard for me to say, but I do think that they're just so foreign and different that it doesn't have an impact on my watching order when it comes to the sequel trilogy. Randy, what about you? The word you're looking for, Justin, is disconjointed. There you go. <laughs> I I was one of those 13.9% that said any order because um, I'm, I'm a whatever mood strikes me kind of thing. Like every once in a while, I'll be like, I really want to watch Return of the Jedi or I really want to watch Revenge of the Sith or something like that. And I won't watch the first two in the trilogy to get there. I'll just pick it up and watch it. And and I think that, in a way, is good storytelling as well, to where you can pick up any one of those movies, watch it front to back. It has a beginning, middle, and an end, and it's satisfying. And, yeah, you might not know some of the backstory. I mean, obviously, we know it because we've seen the movies a bunch of times anyway. But, you know, you're not re- immediately reminded of all the backstory elements to it, but it's still entertaining on its own. Um specifically like the original trilogy is great at that i mean star wars was meant to be a a one and done beginning middle and end um didn't know if it would be popular so didn't know if they were going to make any more movies so that one's perfectly fine on its own empire sure it ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger but it's got a, a reasonably good beginning middle and end that i don't feel like i need immediately need to jump into return of the jedi and return of the jedi is amazing um it's got a wonderful beginning because you're you're jumped in in the middle of an adventure kind of already happening, kind of like a Bond movie does or like Last Crusade does, you know, and then uh, you just got a great story that has a fantastic ending. And uh, I mean, all of those are just infinitely satisfying. And maybe it's because I grew up in the 80s and I really only ever had the opportunity to watch those one at a time. I could rarely ever sit for six hours and be allowed to use the TV and the VCR to watch six <laughs> hours worth of Star Wars it's a big in ask. one day. It's a big ask <laughs> when you have like two, how- two, two TVs in your house growing up. You know, it's like. And maybe one VCR kind of thing. It's like, all right, kid, get a movie. You can watch one movie. Get the fuck out after that. Go play outside. Like my dad used to say, go out on the freeway and play. Because uh, the 91 freeway used to run right behind my house. But um, anyway, yeah. So so that was something I just wasn't used to the idea of. And sure, now everybody binges everything, right? And it's not a big deal or it's not a crazy idea to have a movie marathon. Uh, people have been doing that for a long time. And the only movies where it really gets troublesome now are like if you try to do all the MCU movies or like all the extended Lord of the Rings and Hobbit all all, all together. That's like a whole weekend endeavor. But um, yeah, I, I just like being able to come and go with whatever. I, I don't want to feel tethered down to anything. I just right. fucking if I want to watch Attack of the Clones, then you know, what? that's my own fucking funeral. So <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, okay. I believe it. And and I don't I don't think that there's a you need to have a time limit on something either. I mean, you could do one a week or one a day. Uh, you know, if you guys have a if there's a family new movie night that exists in your house, you know, and it's, let's say it's Friday or Saturday or something, then I mean, you could stretch it out over several weeks. It's not the mm-hmm. end of the end of the world. And it just falls down to, you know, which order is it that you watch that man? 
David, you were going to say something. Yeah, oh. I, I just say, you know, I as you know, like you, like both of you, I've watched all of the Star Wars movies a million times. And, you know, sometimes I'll, like I already said, like uh, Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith, I could watch at any point, at any time. And, like, if I'm just looking to, like, I just want to chill out and watch a Star Wars movie, it's probably going to be one of those two movies. Yes, Empire is my favorite, but, you know, Empire's kind of an emotional investment sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just sometimes just want to have fun. And uh, Return of the Jedi is is outside of maybe Jurassic Park and and maybe Last Crusade. I think Return of the Jedi is like maybe one of like the most fun movies that like I loved as a kid that I love as an adult. And it just gives me such joy um, to where while Return of the Jedi is my third favorite Star Wars movie, I could, it's probably the one I could most easily watch on just like an endless loop. Right. He walks and all. Sure. Uh, I'll totally get behind that. I, I love Return of the Jedi so much. And it hit me. It just, I mean, I was six years old when it came out. It was the first Star Wars movie I saw in a theater. And uh, I have such great memories of not only when the movie was released, but when the toys were released for it. It's just, I, I just have such great childhood memories associated with that movie. Um, that combined with the fact that it has so much rewatchability for me, just. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's one of those things, like David said, I could always watch that. I could always go back and watch that in Revenge of the Sith without a problem. I did a weird fucking thing, though. Last time I watched the prequels, I sat down. I was in one of those moods. I'm going to watch Revenge of the Sith. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, that got me, kind of got me in the mood. I want to watch Attack of the Clones, which is something I never actually say. But but I did that time. So then I watched Attack of the Clones, and I'm like, fuck. Now I really want to watch episode one. I watch them in complete reverse order. <laughs> like like in the course of a, in a, in a, yeah, like, like a goddamn crazy person, <laughs> you know, over the course of a weekend because, because it, it just hit me, you know, like Sith was, oh, this is good stuff. You know, like I, I, want, I want to see more Hayden Christensen and it's like Attack of the Clones. Like, oh, I want to see more young Ewan McGregor, you know? And then next thing you know, here I am watching goddamn Jake Lloyd and, and fuck, you know, how Benjamin did I end up Button. <laughs> right. Yeah. Goes to Benjamin um, Button. But I, I have I have such a deep appreciation for the prequels now at this stage of my life that I didn't really have as much when they first came out. By by Revenge of the Sith by two thousand five, sure, I, I I was into it. I was I was you know neck deep into it and loving it. Um, but man, that was a hard sell for me initially. Then I but they have grown on me so much now, and I can only. I can only wonder in 10 years from now, 15 years from now, looking back at the Disney trilogy, if I'm going to feel the same way. I already adore the standalones, but for me, the the issue is still with uh, the Skywalker saga. Is it going to age as well as the prequels did? And I don't know. I wouldn't have thought the prequels were going to age that great either, but but here we are. I and, and I, well, true, you did. But, I can't stand episode two. I think episode two is terrible. That is the, the Devon last, of Star Wars movies. The man. last forty minutes of Attack of the Clones hums, and it's 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 pretty mm-hmm. enjoyable. Like once Obi Wan and Jango get in their little skirmish in Camino, from that point on, I I I, I really enjoy Attack of the Clones. It's got a solid of, soundtrack. Oh, the sound yeah, across, across the, stars. the stars. Oh that's my like god, my, that, that's probably my favorite piece of Star Wars music. The Anakin, that Battle uh, of the Heroes <laughs> in Episode Three. Holy shit! And yeah. and fucking Darth Maul's theme, um, Duel, Duel of Fates, Fates. dude. Yeah. The prequels, that's if the, nothing that, else. Yeah. That's what I think the new sequel trilogy was missing. To where, you know, each of the prequels had a unique soundtrack. It had a unique, you know, key theme. And you know, I didn't get that. You know, we got Ray's theme, which is which I think is is great music, but we yeah. didn't get that like 
that like killer unique theme like you know each of the prequels is synonymous you know you, you mentioned you know duel of fates ep- everything episode one is encapsulated in duel of fates you know cross right. the stars is episode two everywhere i went when episode one came out i was like da, da, da. <laughs> i'm like da, 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 da. it was so stupid like yeah. I, I had it and in my you, head all day every day <laughs> and when you hear it you think of like darth maul's lightsaber lighting up and, right 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 yeah so for me, like, okay, so that came out when I was working at Disneyland. And when I was walking through crowds, like to get from one area of the park to another to get to my jobs, you know, location, um, I would be humming Duel of the Fates as I was weaving my way in and out of people. <laughs> like I was piloting a goddamn starship. Yeah, it was a good one. It was catchy. You know, as I'm just weaving my way through people. Yeah, 100%. And you're right. None of, none of these new ones had that. I really like the music in Rogue One. Uh, I don't know a name of a single song, but I know the scenes that they're in, and I really dig it. Rogue One is, it quickly climbed the ranks of one of my favorite Star Wars movies ever, and I just enjoy the shit out of that movie. I mean, Solo is fun, I think, uh, but I think it was more Randy and Felix's enjoyment of the movie that, uh, well, actually, I don't know if Felix isn't technically into it, but Zach's really into it. And so I think it was just other people excited about it that got me kind of excited about it. What what works so well about the music from Solo is they played so much on the original John Williams themes. John Powell mm-hmm. did the did the soundtrack for Solo, and it's good. It's got some pretty fun stuff in it. But I think the most the most memorable stuff was Rift on uh, the the John Williams work. You know, um, whereas Rogue One, I want to say, was Michael Giacchino. It was Giacchino. Uh, yeah, who was just amazing off the bat. Uh, anyway, but um, yeah, there's there's great stuff in there. Not necessarily as iconic as as you know anything from the Skywalker saga was meant to be to, meant to sound, but it was perfect for that movie. You know? My problem with Rogue One is I don't like Jin and I don't like I don't like Cassian Cassian Andor. Like like I find Cassian Andor wholly unlikable, and I know that's an unpopular opinion on this show. Um, I, I hate that he kills people at the beginning. I get saying like we're rebels, we gotta do what we gotta do, but at that point you're no better than the Empire. And that's the I, problem. I just, I, 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 he's I, lost I just, and he's miserable. Yeah, well, you can see the pain in his I, eyes, Dave. I don't like him, and they gave him they gave him a whole show. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think the about, show might be to make him likable. <laughs> maybe I, I like, every, I like every single other person in the cast I love. I just don't like Dave, like you, you have a 4K TV. I suggest you use those Ks to look at the pain behind those eyes in Cassian Andor. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't care. Diego Luna is an amazing actor. <laughs> What'd you I, call me? <laughs> I just don't, I just don't like his. I just don't like the character. Oh man, he's a he's a go getter. He's got to get shit done. I guess I don't know. Oh man, he, like he even that that Imperial droid, dude. The whole, the whole like scene at the bazaar, like that whole market uh, scene with just that siege, fucking Black Hawk Down style, just gives me chills, man. I, I fucking love everything about that movie. I love it so much. It's so good. And then, and then of course, obviously the the Vader hallway moment is probably my favorite moment in all of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <it definitely laughs> only, ranks. only because you know. Vader's always been this 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 menace that we've heard about, but we don't really see it. Like I know in Empire, you know him one handy. We talk about this all the time with him fighting Luke and how he's just 
you know, light years better than him and how he and how we see him just mow down people in like Clone Wars when he's Anakin and we see how Anakin's a total badass, but we never really get Vader being like, you know, like super death robot kind of guy. And so when we finally see that in the hallway, that was that was just it for me, man. And it and it makes sense why they're all so scared when and when you fast forward to a new hope when the doors are are being melted and the stormtroopers are about to come through the ship they like look at each other like they know that they're about to die and they're scared and that that alone is terrifying and just rewatching that and you just kind of see it you're like oh yeah that's bad <laughs> sucks to be you guys right now it's a goddamn and, horror movie I mean, right he's he jason is. Voorhees. he is fucking freddy krueger he is michael myers just, and, and he's the goddamn Terminator all in one, you know? Right. He's when he lifts the guy up and cuts him in half as he walks underneath <laughs> him, that is that is bad news bears. I wish he forced <laughs> Insult to injury. Parts. Yeah. <laughs> God. That would have been cool. You know what would have been cool is if he had like a, a force field uh, um, and blood was dripping onto the force field, like a, <laughs> a sphere ball kind of thing. That would have been kind of cool. Yikes. Doesn't work that way with cauterizing the wound, I suppose. I could get yelled at by nerds, but that still would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, and I think the whole, you know, the attack on Scarif, I think it's very reminiscent of Return of the Jedi, where you have the ground battle, you have the 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 kind of like interpersonal battle with like the main characters, you know, and then you have the space battle, and I think mm-hmm. all three of them are just incredible, and I my you know, as iconic as the hallway shot is, and I think that is one of the most amazing things in Star Wars. One of my favorite moments in Rogue One is when um, fucking Radis and everyone's like, okay, time time to retreat. And they turn their ships around and Ray's about jumping out in, in, into hyperspace. All of a sudden, Vader's ship's there and they're like, Fuh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even, I mean, they, they never specifically say it's Vader's ship right away, but you're like, that's fucking Darth Vader right there. Right, right. <laughs> it's interesting that they turn around. They should just lift up and then leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to like trying to get back to their destination or whatever. I would just jump anywhere that's safe and then figure out an escape plan from well, there. I think it's it's quicker if you're like already on the far side of the planet. It's quicker to turn around because you have to escape the gravity well before you can jump to hyperspace oh, as okay. opposed to like going across the planet. Um, Got it. You know, they didn't Same know like Darth Vader. Props, boy. Exactly. They didn't know Darth Vader was just there to fuck with them. Right. It's like, who put this big old ship in my way? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's on his super mega Star Destroyer, right? No, he's he's just on his... He doesn't he's have on a regular? Or that, he's on oh, the okay. Avenger at that time. Got it. Got so it. Yeah, got he it. didn't get the uh, the super mega Star Destroyer until Empire Strikes Back. You see, he but didn't have the, the tools Devastator. he needed. He didn't have the tools he needed to be successful. <laughs> that's why yeah, I, love, I love the super star destroyer. I love the executor. I think that's you know you see all these enormous star destroyers, and all of a sudden they're like in like the shadow and Empire Strikes Back. Right. Like, <laughs> they're bigger now. That's so cool. <laughs> they fly now. Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a terrible line. That's on par <laughs> with. Should you, you'll try spinning. That's a good move. Right. Yeah. It's a good. Oh, uh, they tried. They tried so hard. Yeah. Did they try that hard? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they, obviously they didn't try hard enough to uh, write a whole fucking cohesive story before they shot started shooting. But you know, fuck. Who's got time to get for that? There. Yeah. yeah. There's no. There's no time to die, as it were. 
Whoa, King of Segway, Justin Cavender here. Yeah, did you guys see that movie? Have you seen this? You heard about this? There's a new James Bond movie that's the longest Justin, one ever made. I was made. literally with you. You know I've seen it. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. But you were like four people away from me. I was. I felt very disconjointed from you. Like I saw you go, you having time in your life, like chanted up with I'm like, oh, man, I'm way over here. Fuck me. This, I think this is like, that, that was probably the very first time we went to the movies together and didn't sit next to each other. I know. <laughs> Because because so, Justin and I are like whisper talkers during the movie, and like, hey, we're totally happen. we're totally those this people. Yeah, and uh, I thought you whisper talk with uh, with Zach and with Zach. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, that could have been us. I didn't whisper talk with Felix. I there was only like two whisper talks to the, the whole movie, and one is when there's this vehicle that does multiple things, like straight up like 1960s spy movie where. One vehicle has multi purposes, and I was like, Whoa, that's cool! <laughs> I was like, Whoa, that's cool! And, and I think Zach and I both said the exact same thing at, at that moment, too. And which was, Whoa, that's cool! Uh, but yeah, it's it was long and it was good. I, I enjoyed it, I'm glad that I saw it, and um, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, it was beautifully shot. I do think that Daniel Craig brought his A game. And uh, I would like to watch it again. And I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, I, I like that we got more Felix Leiter. He's always been one of the the uh, unsung heroes of the James Bond franchise that uh, we don't really get a lot of. And, um, you know, I love Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you. It was, it was, it was a beautifully shot movie. Um, like, it, it may be my favorite Bond movie right now. I know it's maybe recency bias. But I just... I went in, I went into it thinking like, oh man, this movie's gonna be a slog. It's almost three hours long, and and for most of the movie, it hums pretty quick. Like it, it, it doesn't really really lag at any part to where you like. Because I was I'm watching, I'm like, this should be 20 minutes shorter, and I'm just thinking like, what would I cut for like the 20 minutes? And you know, there's a couple things here and there. You know, there's a, there's there's a whole subplot that they could have probably gotten rid of, but um, I think it's an incredibly fun James Bond movie, and uh, I think people will be. Uh, We'll be talking about the, the stuff that happens that we won't. That we're not going to spoil, right? And I do think that uh, Remy Malik, he's he's an interesting sort. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen the man blink before in his life, and he's just on a big screen with big old open eyes. It was a little off-putting. I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, will you just blink? You're making me uncomfortable right now. <laughs> right, and he's already playing a creeper. Right, right. I'm just drinking my giant blue icy, and I'm just like, fuck, I need this guy to blink right now, or I'm just going to lose my shit. <laughs> Am I the only one freaking trying, out right now? Trying to enjoy my drink, and I can't until the man blinks, and, and he never blinked. <laughs> he's just always in the staring contest with the audience. I know. It's, uh, I find it off-putting. And he's undefeated. Yeah, for real. He would have been good with Conan and O'Brien on their stare contest when they did that back in the day. Back in the day, in the year 2000. Yeah. So, Randy, you haven't seen it, but are you an eager little beaver to, to, to make that happen, to make that change? Uh, I am because I love the Bond movies, and I especially really enjoy the Daniel Craig Bond movies. And knowing that this is his last turn uh, makes me want to see it that much more. I just have not had a chance to get around to seeing it yet. But mm-hmm. I will in the very near future, hopefully, before we record our next show. Um, it is it is on my very quick-to-do list. Now, that being said, we were talking about re- recency bias. What did you guys think about Spectre after that came out? A lot of people didn't really like that one. I, I think like it's, it. it's, it's easily the weakest of the Daniel Craig movies. <laughs> I'm not saying I, something coming from Dave. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I'd watch Quantum of Solace on like an endless loop before watching <laughs> Spectre again. I, I watched Quantum of Solace three times before I watched the opening to Spectre. Wow, they're about that's a long movie. opening. That is a long opening. It's like a twenty-minute thing of of the parade and then the helicopter that just doesn't crash. <laughs> My God, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, but has have you been? Has anyone spoiled No Time to Die for you, yet, Randy? No, I, I have zero spoilers so far. Oh, I have really good. lucked out. Yeah. So that's why. That's why I'm hoping to see. I, I know that's why I need to see it before before the shit hits the fan. So, yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, so we we watch Spectre for the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Uh, Zach really likes it. I don't. I even the chase scenes just feel like they're in slow motion to me. They're not actually in slow motion. I just. I feel like the cars aren't going fast, if that makes sense. Right. right. And and I, it's almost like just a giant car commercial or a watch commercial. Everything about it just felt like it was something that I was watching on TV, like a Super Bowl commercial or something. And I, I couldn't just wrap my head around it. And I remember when I was watching a theater, I was just kind of constantly turning in my chair. I'm just like, I'm not enjoying this movie. I don't think it's terrible. It just coming from Skyfall was really hard that whatever the next movie was going to be was going to be a tough um you know project because skyfall is like one of the best movies in the last you know two decades right right and to to surpass that it was gonna be a pretty tough pretty tough move and and i just think that it elevated what i expected from daniel craig and and bond in general um like the bar was just so high that nothing would ever reach it. And inspector didn't even come close. It was, it was almost like a, to me, it just came off as like a complete failure and missed the mark. But that was, I don't, it may be in my head. I had just already elevated, you know, what I expected to such, such a, a high performance that nothing would ever be able to match it. So it might be my own fault. Now that being said, did no time to die match it? Uh, yes. Your expectations. So very much it, so. So that 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 right there, I think, is high praise and really encapsulates your feelings about it. So that's mm-hmm. great. That's great. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty fucking good, man. And the action was awesome. The the chase scenes were really cool. There's a lot happening. Um, it was just it was good. I really, I really enjoyed. It. I think maybe even I was on an emotional high. You know, I just got married. I was with my best friends, and I had this giant blue icy in my hand, and so every, everything was was just working out you know and i i was i was teed up to enjoy this movie whether it was going to be good or not <laughs> so <laughs> it helped <laughs> yeah it helped that it actually turned out to be good right <laughs> yeah it was fun yeah and i mean with blowfield and specter it should have been it should have been better mm-hmm. right yeah it has such an iconic villain you know you really it really should have i i agree yeah, special executive for counterintelligence, terrorism, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. But I, I guess, I guess one of the things that I do like about the Bond or the Daniel Craig ones is that it is like one complete story. You know, there are these little side adventures and subplots, but at the end of the day, it's this overarching umbrella that I can really appreciate. To where uh, I feel like. I, I I'm prepared to start with Casino Royale and end with with No Time to Die and and learn something each rewatch. I think that that's pretty cool. And yeah, it's interesting and that you... there is the time jump, the five year time jump, and No Time to Die. Yes. 
say what you will about Quantum of Solace, and I know most of what you will say, um, but at least it acknowledged the movie before it, and that was at, at that time that was something you just didn't see in Bond movies. Right. It's literally moments. Right. Yeah. He's got the yeah. fucker in the yeah. trunk. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you know? that's great. The bitch, the bitch is dead. Right. Right. Uh, honestly, so, I mean, and 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 Casino Royale. We were talking about this prior to to No Time to Die was. My my favorite shot in all of Bond in in whatever five fucking decades. Uh, my favorite moment is in Casino Royale, where after he shoots him, and you just see his his shoes right, and the music starts playing, and he's got his gun, and he's like, "Yeah, I got this motherfucker. I'm gonna go capture him." And uh, that was just an awesome way to end the movie. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so ready for more right now." And it's, I'm seeing credits, but I don't want this movie to be over. And and that's an incredible feeling. So you're going to say your favorite scene is when Daniel Craig comes out of the ocean in his little tidy Speedo. That's my second movie. favorite part. <laughs> and his ears are all backlit by the sun. Looks good. Yeah, looking good. Like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2 when, when Buzz puts the candles behind his ears. <laughs> The father. <laughs> oh. But yeah, this movie is awesome. I, I hope that everyone sees it and loves it. I know, Zach, this was the movie that put him back in movie theaters. He hadn't been to a movie since uh, pre-COVID. And so um, I hope that if you do go to the theater and, and you, you get to pick a movie to watch, that you see this one and you enjoy the shit out of it. Or see Eyes of Tammy. The, the Tammy Faye Baker biopic with Andrew. Oh, I would, I would totally watch that. It's, I, it's pretty good. Oh my gosh! Really? I, I forgot that it's was a amazing. thing. Yeah. Did she cry through the whole movie? Because on the infomercial, a lot she of it. Cried a lot. <laughs> there is a lot of those the, the stereotypical like crying. A lot of the, the the Jim Baker going. We need your emotional and financial support. Right? <laughs> Didn't she partner with like Oral Roberts a lot too? Uh huh. Oh yeah. This. Uh, there's, there's, it's all in there. It's, uh, it's pretty good. It's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely more dramatic, uh, mm-hmm. than you would think. But uh, Andrew Garfield just crushes. He plays Jim Baker, uh, oh, and, he, and, and he just crushes it. He does such a good job. Um, and um, oh fuck, who's playing Tammy Faye? Tammy Baker. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a great movie. You should definitely check it out. Okay. Yeah, I, I want to do that. I'm excited. That's that's on my to do list. That and uh, Halloween Kills. Seeing that this weekend. Mm, yes. Uh, really much looking forward to that. We've got a whole date night planned. She's getting a massage in the afternoon. Then we're going to the movies. Then we're going to dinner. Uh, it's going to be a fun little, nice little Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Home Depot. We... <laughs> I don't know time. if there's giving no time. <laughs> and then yeah. the week after that is Dune. Yes, that movie looks incredible. Can't wait for that. I feel like Excellent, I want to yeah. watch the original one first, though. Again, I uh, I actually started reading the book. Oh, wow. oh yeah. I just I I, I, I guess I've been I was looking for something to read because I've been trying to like not be on my phone at night as much. So so I, I started seeing like a couple weeks ago to where I, I charge my phone in a different room than I sleep, and so I've been trying to and I'm trying to watch a little bit less TV, um, just like I, I've been trying to exhaust my brain and like <laughs> as silly as that sounds. And so I've been reading a lot more at night, and so uh, like I, physical books, or are they on a Kindle or something? So, so I have both. Uh, so I, I have a, I have like an old like Sony e-reader that literally is all it does is read books. So it's not like it's it's got like a backlight or anything like that. 
And so I have to have like a special light to, to see it. Like the itty bitty um, headlamp. <laughs> yeah, kind of something like that. Like those old Game Boy lights you had to plug in to light up your screen. It really is like that. So so the the cover I have for this like Sony E reader from like 2002, uh, like in the spine, it has this little pop out little like like worm light thing um, that, that I use. Um, but uh, I was trying to read uh, Wheel of Time because Wheel of, the Wheel of Time series starts pretty soon, and um, I've been trying to get into that book series for a hundred years and uh, I was trying and I just, I just, I couldn't, you get can't there. get into it because you're not enjoying it or you can't get into it because you didn't have time. It, it just, it's, yeah, I just can't, it, it's one of those, like everyone's got a weird sounding name and they introduce you to like 500 characters in like two seconds. Oh, yeah. And sure. I'm like, I'll get back to this later. <laughs> GOT has that problem for a lot of people, but they have those indexes in the back and like the family trees that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, and for Game of Thrones, I watched the first season of the show before I read the books. And right, so, so that helps too. So you have a, a name and a face to put to everybody. Right, I know how to pronounce Tyrion and Cersei and all these names that kind of look funny on paper and stuff like that. So I may end up doing that with the time, like watching the first season. It's on Amazon. I think it starts November 18th. So it's right around the corner. Um, watch that and then try to read the book after that. Mm-hmm. So do you have well, a physical copy of Dune or do you have your... your I, 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 I have a physical copy of Dune. I, uh, I almost bought I, it today. It was like fourteen bucks at Target. <laughs> I yeah. was like, eh, "Fuck that, I want." <laughs> I watched. Uh, I, I've been watching a bunch of videos on, like, um, you know, like one was called "Like What Went Wrong with David Lynch's Dune," and uh, it talks Everything. about like, yeah. <laughs> and so it was talking about like the book and this and that. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of cool. Maybe I'll just try to read it. But the book's like five hundred pages. <laughs> it's oh. a long book, um, and uh, uh, so far I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm I'm only like sixty pages in, but um, so far it's pretty good. I almost picked up two different books today. Uh, they were Star Wars ones. Uh, one was Heir to the Empire. That's uh, that's that Timothy's on, right? Oh yeah. And and then the other one was uh, I have it on my phone. It's Path of Destruction. Have you read yeah, that the, one? The the Darth Bane book. Yeah. Yeah. So the Darth both both of those are incredible. Like um, you know, Air, so I mean, Heir to the Empire was was. I was a shy little nerdy kid who didn't talk and didn't write and didn't do anything. And heir to the empire is the book that made me want to like be a writer and like mm-hmm. make movies and do shit and stuff like that. And um, it's, it's awesome because it's very much a, a core three kind of book. It's, it's Han, Luke and Leia against the galaxy. And mm-hmm. um, what's great about it is the book opens and it's, it's Luke saying goodbye to Obi-Wan Kenobi because Timothy Zahn realized that like, Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to be a crutch. Like he needed to put Luke on his own path without like the help of, you know, this mystical person who could help him do anything. This blue guy that's always watching him like touch himself. And he's like, yeah, you got to go, dude. <laughs> I got privacy issues. And it does a great job of like setting up the galaxy and that like, yes, the Death Star was destroyed. Vader and the Emperor were killed, but the, the Empire was still very much a huge entity. Like, like they still outnumbered the, the Rebel Alliance or the New Republic, whatever you want to call it. By a factor of like a thousand to one, and so oh, by the by the time you get to heir to the empire, which is seven years after Return of the Jedi when Thrawn returns, it's kind of like an even Steven thing. Like the Empire and the New Republic are kind of like almost at a stalemate to where they're they're both like on equal footing, and then Thrawn comes and he just completely just turns the balance towards the Empire, and it's this unstoppable like boogeyman, but in a different way than Vader. You know, like they just they just can't figure out how to beat. Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he's the antithesis of Vader. To where, like, when his people fuck up, he like gives them homework, and he's like, 
well, that didn't work. I need you to figure out what went wrong and report to me in two days with a solution on how to fix the type stuff. And the guy's like, root cause. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to kill me. And he's like, that would be an incredible waste of resources. I can't imagine anyone running a ship, blah, blah, blah. Um, so this is the first time that we even know that Darth Thrawn is, or not Darth, Admiral Thrawn is a, uh, is a character. Is yes. This is the very, very first, the very, very first real book in the continuation of the Star Wars saga there. There was a there was a, a trilogy of Han Solo books and a trilogy of Lando books, and then a book called Splinter of the Mind's Eye that all came out before Return of the Jedi, um, that you know deal with stuff that happens before the trilogy, but uh-huh. this was really the first book that had anything to do with post um, Return of the Jedi when it came out. It came out in ninety one and it was a huge deal when it came out. Is that what's the book that has like the old wizard on the front? That's like the one. The... Yeah, oh, it's yeah, the same yeah. one, and he's that's got like the, the, the lightning coming out of his hands. And yeah, stuff. that's Jorah Seboeth. And so the book that you saw this <laughs> <What>? like, is <laughs> Jorah Seboeth. Is that what you said? His name is Jorus, J O R U S, and then his last name is C, B O A T H. Got it. And you so... got to watch out for the other Jorus with two U's, though, and David will tell yes. you why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you also got to watch out for the Luke with two U's. A lot of the 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 the. the, the Ron trilogy Kumar's deals with cloning. Two U's yeah. and three uh, uh, But yeah, so the one you saw in the bookstore is like the new like legacy cover. And so right, right. Uh, it has Thrawn on Thrawn. the cover and it has yeah. Luke with a with his lightsaber up in the air. Yeah. So the original one was similar to that and had yeah, you know, your Joe Saboeth with like his the like, wizard. Yeah, the wizard. I'll take does, the wizard. <laughs> he looks very much like a wizard. Um, yeah. like with a yeah, beard. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's amazing because like Thrawn instantly figures out like, you know, what's going on with Jorah Seboeth and um, Thrawn's just such a badass character. Like the opening scene of the book after the whole Luke and, and uh, Obi-Wan thing is um, Thrawn arriving from the unknown regions and being attacked by a New Republic like ship. And he sends out like three TIE fighters and um, Admiral Pallian, who's like the, guy, the person in charge of his fleet is like, I don't think that's enough to destroy them, sir. He's like, no, oh, that's not what I'm trying to do. And so based on how they attacked the three TIE fighters, he knew like that the captain was this race. And he knew that like this race lacked certain spatial awareness and stuff like that. And so he's like, yes, yeah, send these three ships to do this maneuver and it'll be done. And they're like, are you sure that doesn't seem like a lot of ships? It's like, no, it's okay. The captain's a whatever race he was and they're dumb as shit or something. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> he studies like their art. That's That's his thing. He studies... The right. art of all of the, these alien races and uh, um, the air of the empire is amazing. And uh, yeah. the path of destruction that's that's Darth Bane, so that's the formation of like the rule of two. So, this is this shows how Darth Bane became like the badass Sith that he is, and then it's part of a trilogy as well. And then the second one is called Rule of Two, and you actually see the this the, it ends with this huge climactic battle with the Sith and the Jedi to where the rule of two is established to where all of the Sith minus Darth Bane and his apprentice are dead. And it, and then there's a, the third book's called like, if I can remember, uh, but it deals with him and his apprentice kind of like doing bad shit and kind of setting up the galaxy for what will eventually become Palpatine's reign. Mm. Yeah. He looks scary on the cover. Yeah. It's all hooded and creepy. Yeah. 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 But I was like, I was like, oh, I need something to read because I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I've been taking my switch to bed, but I, I'm not unwinding. I'm getting more wound up, <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm trying to 
trying to figure it out because I keep waking up. I keep this being like hot as I'm going to bed and it's driving me crazy. So I was hoping that I could do something a little bit different to shake up my routine. And I've been getting these headaches lately and it's kind of annoying. I don't, I don't know what my problem is. And I've never oh, had headaches ever. Like it's, it's I've died for 41 years. I am. I've drink so much fucking water now, Randy. It's crazy. Hmm. And um, it's been, it's been an interesting journey. The last like seven days, I've just had a headache that just won't go away. And I'm, I'm this close to going to the doctor. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, Heir to the Empire is an easy read too. Like it's not, it's not a dense, it's not dense. You know, you you already know almost all of the characters. Right, <laughs> there's, right, there's right. Very few characters you don't know. Um, it's also a series of books called the X Wings X Wing Squadron, our Rogue Squadron books. Mm-hmm. Um, and there it's the same thing. It's they're like super easy books. They're about like Wedge and his reformation of Rogue Squadron, um, and them just going on these like cool adventures. Um, or if you read, if you played the Republic Commando game. Uh, there's a there's a there's a five book series about the Republic Commandos, oh, cool. um, and it it deals a lot with like, um, you know, because these specific Republic Commandos were were trained by you know you know like Django was one of was the template for the clones. He brought in a bunch of other Mandalorians to train, and it's about this guy named Scal Katara who trains this specific group, and so he trains them like they're Mandalorians, and so they they live by the Mandalorian code. And um, there's a lot of cool parallels to Boba Fett, and you meet these other they're called the Knolls. They're like these the, the very first clones that were made, but they didn't. Um, uh, they they kept a lot of Django's attitude in them. So at one point they're they're, they're like these five year old kids, and the first time they meet Cal is is the Kaminoans telling him like, well these aren't very good. The next batch will be better. We'll just go ahead and terminate these like kids. And Cal's like, what? No, you can't kill kids. And he's like, oh no, it's okay. They're, they're just they're just failures. And uh, as he's as he's talking to the Kaminoan. Um, I think it's Lasu, Lasu, or whatever. Um, one of the one of the clones like actually takes Cal's blaster from him and like points it at the Kaminoans, and he makes the kid lower the blaster. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll take care of these five kids." Oh, and they wow. become like they become like the five most like badass clones in the history of clones, and they just can, can do no wrong. I apologize. I know I've been talking a lot about this. It's like apparently it's my razor crest. No, no, it's all good. I, I do I'm love excited. the expanded universe. Yeah, I'm curious. Because, I mean, as of right now, I don't know the fate of, of Grand Animal Thrawn, but now that we know that Ahsoka Tano is hunting him down, whatever happened in the books is probably going to be different than what we see on her series. So, either way, yeah, I'm these, excited. These are, these, are, yeah, these are the Legends canon, and so right. it, it doesn't count anymore. There is a current Thrawn series um, that is also really good um, if you wanted to get into like, the new canon. Um, there's a lot of cool new canon stuff. There's a whole book about Tarkin. Um, that deals with like him from a child. It goes from him from like as like a like probably like a ten year old, all the way through him officially stepping foot for the first time on the Death Star. Oh wow! And it's really good too because you're like, wow, dude. I guess I I guess I like Tarkin now. You know, it's <laughs> interesting because uh, like I I find myself getting less and less interested in like prequel type stuff and um and origin stories and. I watched the Many Saints of Newark the other day, the the Sopranos. Soprano? Yeah, I hated every second of it, David. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. It, it's a, it's a slog too. It's long. I was so bored. I I was like, I fucking do not care about any of these characters and any of the ones that are still in the Sopranos. 
they're a bunch of fucking assholes anyway. So it's not like it's not like they've changed at all, you know. And like Junior is definitely still Junior, and it was interesting to see just his level of spite and how just crazy that man is. But that's in the final eight seconds of the two-hour movie, so I'm like, okay, this I'm done. This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> I was so checked out, man, and I was I I was so irritated. And, I'm um, glad I didn't have to go to the theater to see this. Yeah, honestly, and I don't think. You know, there's sometimes where you can make an argument that you you want to see it in the theaters and it'll have a, a positive impact on your viewing experience. You know, uh, like we were talking about, like uh, Godzilla vs King Kong, right? That that that's one to see in the theater. And this movie, I'm glad I got to see it from my sofa because I I could just get on my phone and dilly dally while I'm waiting for this movie to end. And I felt like I owed it to for some reason. I felt like I owed it to myself and the series to finish it. But that's bullshit. If if you if you're thinking about watching it, don't. It sucks. It's a complete waste of your time. It's terrible. Yeah, I agree. And I think that if, be, having heard you say that, I think you'll like Air of the Empire because you just are jumping into an adventure in a galaxy far, far away with Han, Luke, and Leia, who you already know. So you don't have to be explained like Luke Skywalker, son of Anakin Skywalker. Right? Isn't that cooler? I think I feel like Fury Road sort of set me on that path. <laughs> like, here's our world. It's fucked up enjoy the ride and i'm okay with that i don't i don't need any sort of story or voiceover telling me what i need to know just let me fucking watch it and if i connect with it great if i don't not my problem yeah a great introduction to thrawn yeah even if you want to go on and read the new canon or watch rebels and see his his uh his appearance in that show as part of canon uh heir to the empire is such a great introduction to that character cool yeah i'll check it out like he doesn't fundamentally change. It's just the timeline changes. Instead of the first time we see him being seven years after Return of the Jedi, um, now we see him in the Rebels era. You know, so he's he's around the same time as Vader and Palpatine and all that. Got it. Yeah. Have they ever and been he, in the he, same room together? Who Vader and Thrawn? Yeah. Oh yeah, many times. So so Thrawn knew Ani- Thrawn had had adventures with Anakin, and he had adventures with Vader, and so. It, it heavily implies that Thrawn's figured it out. Like he's one of the few people who understand. Like, ooh, that guy, I know this guy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, the the second book in the new Thrawn trilogy for the new canon uh, jumps back and forth between two times. So it so it has a, a, a part where Anakin and him are stranded on this planet, looking trying to rescue Padme, and then uh, it takes place with Anakin and or Vader and Thrawn working together to try to do something else. And uh, it's very interesting to see how they interact with each other because they both realize that, um, you know, both of them realize that the empire emperor trusts both of them like a hundred percent. And so they know they can trust each other. And uh, instead of trying to just fuck with each other and like take each other out, it's, it's very much them working together. And when they're working together, it's like, well, we're, we got no chance. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's crazy. And he's a chiss. That's the name of his race. Yeah. He's a chiss. Yeah. The interesting thing in the old canon in the legends about um, Emperor Palpatine's view on on aliens that weren't human was he was like very kind of racist, I guess. Xenophobic. Yeah, Yeah, let's say xenophobic. So that's kind of why Thrawn got the, you know, go into the uncharted realms or wherever, you know, like go do (laughs) all this shit. Yeah. Like get out of my sight for a while. And uh, that's why, you know, when he comes back, you know, after all this time, um, you know, he was kind of like 
he was kind of off the radar because yeah. Palpatine made it that way because he didn't. He's like, I don't want these blue people around me. Yeah, and after, and after they after they defeated Vader and the Emperor, the the next targets for the rebellion was to take out the twelve Grand Admirals of the Imperial Navy, um, and they didn't real. They thought they had defeated all of them, or all of them had been defeated. And then Thrawn comes back as like the secret, like thirteenth Grand Admiral that was he was promoted in secret because of Palpatine's like you know notorious distaste for aliens. And there to the Empire is where you meet Mara Jade. You get mm. your first, you get your first taste of her. Um, you meet this 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 uh, scoundrel named Talon Card, who's like a kind of like a almost like a like a good guy job of the hut. He's a human, but he's like totally like a like a smuggler and stuff like that. To where at one point like. He helps them, and he, he his pay, the payment he asks for is one of the star destroyers that they captured, and so he, in, he ends up with like a star destroyer that he paints like red. Wow, <laughs> just, a lot of paint. He, yeah, he yeah. calls it the the air adventure. It's just ridiculous, and uh, I'm here for it. That's cool. I put a it, sail it's on. It's so it. much fun. It is so much fun that book. That's that whole series. There's just three books, but it's wonderful. Okay, that was, that was my next question: is how many books are in that series? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Air of the, Air Empire, the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and, and then The Last Command. Yeah. Got it. The Last Command is You Will Kill Luke Skywalker. Spoiler alert. Oh, well, how does that work <laughs> But I mean, it comes because. So it, it comes I mean, he ends up marrying her and having kids with her. So yeah. I mean, right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, and then she gets James. murdered by, by, by Solo's kid, right? Yeah, she does. Jason Solo murders her. Yeah, so so Mara Jade was the the hand of the emperor, so she was one of his like personal assassins. That like if they they, need, they needed something more subtle that they couldn't just send Vader and like a like a bunch of star destroyers to glass a planet, um, they would send like Mara Jade. And so Mara Jade was one of the few people that was present during Grand Animal Thrawn's like coronation when he became mm-hmm. a Grand Admiral. And she's trained in the Force and all that stuff. So she yes, yeah, so she she she's Force sensitive, and so it's not something that that Palpatine like cast a new. Yes, exactly. Uh, so she 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 didn't really um, embark on Jedi training until her and Luke Skywalker kind of became a thing. Ah, uh, got it. And then she becomes like one one of the most like badass because she's you know she's got the Force training from like Luke Skywalker, one of the greatest Jedi of all time. But she was the personal assassin for Emperor Palpatine. So, right. So a different so skill set. Yeah. So she's got a very different skill set, which is why she was the one that was going to take down Jason. She she knew Luke would never agree to it. So she's like, hold my beer. Someone's got to do this. Yeah. No Imagine one... a less crazy Ventress. Right, yeah, right, exactly. Right. That's a good analogy. And then, yeah, then, um, yeah, then Jason does some, some evil stuff, and it's sad. Book's called Sacrifice. Ooh, it'll tear you up right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, is, is I would say Ventress is more damaged than crazy. <laughs> true, true. But I mean, on the surface, if you were right. to look at that, you're like. That bitch crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. All right, yeah, I'll put it on my to do list. I, I need, I need to shake things up. I, I got, I got problems, and I need, I need help. Fucking plural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can loan you my autographed copy of *Air of the Empire*. It's oh, I don't rocks on the it. inside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been read. It's been read like nine hundred times. Like it's, okay. it's, it's, it's in no way pristine condition. But what did you want the original inscription to I say? I wanted to write Thrawn as God, and he was like, oh, I can't do that. He's like, how about Thrawn and rocks? You, and I'm like, oh, okay. Your comeback was the best, because I was with you when you did this. Yeah, Thrawn, King of Kings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you write Thrawn as God? Oh, no, sorry, I can't do that. How about King of Kings? <laughs> and I was like, how about Thrawn rocks? 
Okay. Yeah. Like, make, make it with three X's and you got a deal. Yeah. Oh, man. It was great. I brought so much shit for him to sign that it took him forever to sign it. So I actually got to talk to him for like a minute while he was signing like the 30 things I brought for him to sign. I was that yeah. asshole. Sign on the wizard's chest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right on the inside. What was his name? Bulbasaur? <laughs> Joris Saboeth. Joris, that was close. <laughs> Joris Saboeth, yeah. Have fun. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of fun, the Woodsboro police are going to have their hands full with the return of Ghostface on January 14th, 2022. The new Scream trailer dropped, uh, I think, yesterday at the time of this recording. And holy shit, I'm, I'm excited for this movie. And I know that it sounds absurd. And I think it was a year ago when we were talking about Scream being rebooted. And so it's like a sequel slash reboot when it doesn't really know what it is. Yeah, getting the interest back in the Scream franchise, as it were. And it's been, uh, I guess, now 11 years, right, since since Scream 4. And uh, 25 years after the Woodsboro murders originally started. And watching this trailer, I can't help but but just be concerned about this ghost face. Like, I feel like... He's he's not really having fun in in the true sense of playing with his food, you know, like a like a, a cat playing with a mouse before it eats it. He's more just like mean and angry, and it's, this time it's personal, right? It's like stressing me out, dude. Like like when he breaks the guy's leg, and and the whole part with uh, you know, David, you have the the app locks, the smart locks in your home, and I'm watching this poor girl thinking that she's talking to her friend Amber, and she's like. Keeps locking, digitally locking their doors with their phone, and it's just this little, this little game of cat and mouse, as it were. And and the ghost is like, Ghostface is is mean on the phone. He's got this tone, this very curt and an impatient tone, and and I find it uneasy. And I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are, Randy. I think it looks fantastic. I I I think it's now granted. It has been a while. It has been a hot minute since I've seen any of the Scream movies. And I don't even know if I saw it, if I ended up seeing part four, to be honest. Um, but I have an appreciation for the first one or two. And uh, I just think it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it looks neat. Uh, I, I appreciate the original cast members that are back. And I'm totally on board for it. So, um, But what what kind of caught me, and, and David, I didn't realize you had those locks in your house. I'm like... Who wants who wants the ability to be able to lock and unlock every single door with the push of one button? Because that sounds dangerous to me. Oh man, it's the greatest thing. So so ever since I got my new car and I don't have to like take my keys out, I just hit a button to start. I always get pissed because I gotta take my keys out to unlock the door. And so when we did the remodel in our house, uh, our our locks on our front door are hooked to our ring. And so, you know, I have a keypad that I can put in my code to unlock the doors. But even on top of that. Like, if you were to come to my house and I'm not here, I can see you through the ring and I can unlock my door for you, you know. Or, I mean, or well, for you, I'd probably just give you a code because, you know, I trust you. But, like, if, you know, like, if um, the lady who comes to, like, clean our house, if, like, she didn't bring her key or something like that, I could use the ring to let her in or something like that. So, I think it's, it's, it's incredible. There's been a couple of times where I've been in bed. I'm like, fuck, did I lock the front door? And I just open up, like, yep, it's locked. Or, no, it's not locked. Let me lock it. I, I like the idea of like that, that that feeling of dread that you get when you drive away and you're like half an hour away and you're going somewhere or whatever and you're like shit did I remember to lock the doors and then being able to go into an app and hit a button to to know and and make sure that all your doors are secure that I think is worth it for me and that I get I understand but I guess what makes me a little bit apprehensive is the fact that 
if if technology out there exists to be able to do that, technology exists to crack it and hack it and, <laughs> and for other people to do nefarious things with it right. or even for things just let's let's say there's nothing even remotely like that going on and it's just having a bad day and malfunctioning as electronics sometimes do the <laughs> and then it's doing the thing like in the trailer where it's lock unlock lock unlock lock yeah. unlock holy fucking shit the, the anxiety that i would have worrying about a situation like that it's like i have enough I have enough I stress out about in my life. I don't want to think about another what if. So that that's what, what gives me. Then you're just going through the garage. See, I would yeah, do that yeah. for like one door. Like like a one door, either the main entry point or like my garage door that I come in and out of every time. That kind of thing. Cool. I totally get that. But every door, oh my God. It just, that, that that's the thought keeps me awake at night. So mm. I don't have it on every door. I have it on, just, our front door is the main one that's that, that uh, is hooked to the ring and stuff like that. And as far as automatic locks, it's just our front door, you know, our main like roll-up garage door, and then our two sliders. Okay. But like um, you said, you mentioned ring. So like if when you were laying in bed and you saw that the door wasn't locked, would you just check your ring to make sure that nobody came in while the door was unlocked? Or would you get up out of bed and, and go take a lap around the house and check the closets and check under the bed to make sure nobody came in? Well, we have our cameras, so we would get an alert if some if anyone came to our front door. We would be alerted at least twice. You know, we have we have it, a little it does like a honk our, sound type thing. Uh, I mean, I, we don't have the sound on, but you know, it'll I'll get an alert on my phone. You know, and to where it'll say, you know, like there's motion detected at your front yard, or motion detected at the gate, or motion detected at your front door, and stuff like that. So, um, so in the I, movie, I, shouldn't I, she look at her ring camera to see if there's somebody outside? Oh yeah, why, absolutely. Why doesn't she do that? I, I don't know because she likes to be dead. Mm. <laughs> not everybody has ring maybe maybe ring didn't uh sponsor this movie she's oh, got yeah. the arlo <laughs> yeah she's using brand x brand x oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm with you randy though i'm excited about this movie i fucking yeah, love scream i can't wait to watch this movie man i can't come soon enough dave are you now do you classify scream as a horror movie that you will not watch or is this one of those rare entities that you're on board for because it's just humans and teens killing each other. Yeah. So I, I, the first scream was kind of uh, you know, almost like a horror comedy. Like I know it wasn't a comedy, but there was a lot of, a lot of fun, angsty teen stuff. Uh, and so I was a really big fan of the first scream. And so because of that, I watched the second and then the third had, had uh, Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. So of course I watched the third one, um, but I never did watch the fourth one. Um, and you know, I'll probably catch this one. You know, I don't know if I'll go out to the theater to watch it. You know, I might catch it when it comes to like whatever streaming service it's on. Um, um, or if you know, it comes out, everyone's like, Holy shit, this is the best thing ever. Then I'll be like, Oh, I guess I gotta go out and see it. Um, Carrie Fisher's in Scream 3 as well. Yes, she is. So I'm I'm down for 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 this stream. Uh, I'll I'll check it out. Uh, it's just a matter of you know, based on you know, your guys' recommendations or reviews and stuff like that, we'll determine if. When I go out to see it, you know, I have that A stubs plus A member AMC thing. So I see a lot of movies that I normally wouldn't see just because it's free. And sometimes it really works out. Like, I don't know if I've, we've talked about Cop Shop on, on the podcast yet, but, you know, that was one. Like, I wanted to see The Eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, but I, I missed my screening. And I'm like, well, I was already planning to go to the movies. What else can I see? And I saw Cop Shop and I'm like, well, it looks kind of fun in a grindhouse kind of way. And just thoroughly enjoyed the shit out of it. Thought it was a great movie. So if you're mm-hmm. looking for something to watch, that's a good one too. Cop Shop. Sure. All right. The Shop of Cops. Like yeah. 7-Eleven. Um, okay. Well, one last thing that I wanted to do. Uh, this is a homework assignment that we had like on episode 3, 
59 or something, and then we kind of forgot about it. But <laughs> it was um, basically making a list of your top 10 vehicles from either television or film. Uh, I say vehicles. I was thinking cars, but if you want to go with spaceships or something, I suppose you can. Um, or even boats, like if you like the bat boat. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm not going to stop you. Uh, David, I understand you did yours in uh, the year in which the vehicle was released. So Correct, yes. Do you want to just bang out your, your, your list of 10? Sure, yeah. And so I tried to, you know, I understand that there are some like have to haves on the list that I, I know that both you and Randy will have covered. So I tried to go a little bit, a little bit uh, in a different route. I tried to really, really hone in on like uh, the vehicles that were really, really characters in the movie. So starting from oldest to newest, you know, I have the 1958 Plymouth Fury, which is the main car from Christine, mm-hmm. you know, the car trying to kill you. So I like, I like, I like that. Uh, my number two car uh, is, I believe, also on Elise Justin's list. It's the 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. The nice red car from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Number three on my list is the 1966 Mach 5 from Speed Racer. When uh-huh. I was a kid, I guess I last watched a lot of Speed Racer when mom was in the hospital with my sister. Uh, number four is the 1967 Shelby GT500, better known as Eleanor from Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, and so... What's interesting about that car is I thought I read somewhere that that car was more of a combination of a couple of different cars. I don't remember the history behind it, but I don't know if it was necessarily like a real honest to goodness vehicle in the movie. I'm not sure. Well, then I'll just. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool as fuck. So, yeah, no, no. Honestly, it looks cool as fuck. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought it was something to where it wasn't a real car. But um, it's cool as fuck in the movie. Yeah. Even the, even the even the shitty one that they pulled out of the river or whatever, it still <laughs> looks fucking cool right at the end, end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with uh, you, man. That car is gorgeous. Number five on my list is the 1968 Ford Mustang GT390 from Bullet. The movie is one. one enormous car chase, and I had to ask Steve McQueen on here at least once. Yeah, uh, number six on my list is 1974 Dodge Monaco. From the Blues Brothers, the Blues Mobile, the one with the big old horn on the top that they take right. through the mall and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> uh, number seven is the 1976 Chevy Camaro, the Bumblebee edition from the original Transformers, or I guess the original Michael Bay Transformers. It's custom faded. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes a cop can cheap ass dad. <laughs> Uncle, yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Uncle Uncle Bobby Billy or something like that. I forget what his I'll, name I'll is. I'll believe it. Uh, number eight is the 1977 Lotus Esprit S1. This is the car from, I had to have a James Bond car on here. This is the car from The Spy Who Loved Me that converts from a car to a submarine. Oh, that white one. I <laughs> love that car. <laughs> um, a fun story of that. Elon Musk actually bought the one that they used on on, on the actual film. And uh, he wanted to really, really tear it apart and make it to where it could do what it does in the movie. So stay tuned on that one. Uh, number nine on my list, I got the 1983 Wagon Queen Family Truckster from Vacation. You think you think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. And the number ten is kind of a sentimental thing. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted a Ferrari Testarossa. I'm not a car guy, but that's the only time in my life I remember actually like thinking like, "Oh man, I'd love that car." I don't know what I'd do with it, but I have the 1986 Ferrari Testarossa, which was both in Miami Vice and The Wolf of Wall Street. 
And it was also featured in a poster in my wall in my childhood bedroom. There you go. And I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah, it had like the the fins on the side, like gills almost. Yeah, it was just like so futuristic looking. Like those 80s. uh, Yeah, those 80s supercars were just like these beautiful sci-fi creations, really. Mm-hmm. Sure. And yeah, of course, I would accept you know uh, you know the eighteen van and all that jazz. But I thought I'd, I thought I'd go a little bit different route. So yeah, that's my that's, that's my ten. The I, uh, mystery machine isn't on there. Nope, you didn't, you didn't get the mystery machine, huh? Yeah, you know, you know, uh, the van guy. Randy's a van. He'd take the mystery machine to the drive-in. Oh, I I would absolutely take that thing to the drive-in. <laughs> that van is a rockin'. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured the DeLorean and Ecto One, all those. Um, I figured you guys would have that covered, so uh, that way our list could be uh, a bunch of cars instead of just the yeah. same ten on all three of our lists. <laughs> Very cool. That, I'm glad you did that. It's Uncle Bobby B because his last name was like. Uh, oh, there you go. It's like Bol- Bolivia. Yeah, Uncle Bobby B. Considering the semi-classic nature of the vehicle and. Uh, Custom faded paint job. <laughs> Custom paint job. It's faded. Custom faded paint Custom job. Custom faded. <laughs> so funny. Randy, you want to go next? Sure, why not? All right. Now, mine are in no particular order, uh, chronological or favorite order, but um, mine does share a couple uh, similarities with David's, and I'm sure it might have some crossover with Justin's as well, but without any further ado, number one, the Back to the Future DeLorean. Uh, number two, the 89 Batmobile. Holy shit, I loved that car. Still love that car. Three, the Bluesmobile. I made it on my list. Uh, number four, uh, Ecto-1, the 1959 Cadillac Ambulance. Um, Volkswagen Beetle from the Love Bug, Herbie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aston Martin DB5, the the original Bond car from like Dr. No, from all the, the Connery Bond movies. And then they kind of brought it back into some, into some more of the recent Bond movies. But that is like the first Bond car that was super badass. Um, number seven, Family Truckster. Number eight, and this one's probably not on any of your list because it's kind of obscure, the Police Spinner from Blade Runner. And I'm talking about like the original, the original Blade Runner, the original uh, Spinner's. Uh, number nine, 93 Ford Explorer from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that vehicle. I want one with a glass top just like they had for the tour. I thought that was so goddamn cool. It's ironic um, you went Explorer over uh, over the Jeep. The Jeep is cool, but the Explorer is, is kind of close to me because I actually owned an Explorer. You know, so that was like my way of kind of commuting with Jurassic Park a little bit closer. And the number 10 vehicle on my list is one that I actually did own for a little chunk of my lifetime. And that's a BMW R71 motorcycle and sidecar from Indiana Jones and Alaska Crusade. It's a good one. Yeah. I sat in the sidecar as you went around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're one of the few people that actually got to ride in that sidecar. Yeah. That was terrifying. <laughs> I always wanted to get my dad in there, and I wanted to dress up as Indiana Jones, and I know he would never dress up as as Henry Jones, but I always wanted to take my dad around in that thing, and I never got the, the opportunity to do so. I think the real eye-opener is how just the tire, you know, on the sidecar just looks like a fucking, like, big wheel or bicycle tire. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. kind of terrifying. <laughs> totally. I mean, all the tires on that thing look like they're bicycle tires. Right, right. Yeah. What but, year? Uh, what year was that? 
So the one that I had was built in the the late sixties, early seventies, but it was built on actual World War II era machinery, you know. Um, so you know, forties uh, something or other. For, yeah, they they were built in the thirties and forties uh, in Germany, and then at, at post war, um, they dismantled the factories and shipped a lot of the all the the the, the materials to make these m- motorcycles. Some of it went to China. And then some of it went to Russia. So they continued making these motorcycles into the 70s. Uh, the Russian versions were known as uh, a, a company called Ural, which is based off the Ural Mountains. They created these Dnepers, which were the, the, the BMW 1971 or the BMW 71 R71 clone knockoff version. And then the Chinese version, a company called Shangzhang, um, made their own version. And it was the CJ like the CJ 750 because it was a 750 CC engine. Um, and uh, that was their clone or knockoff version of the R 71. Um, and that was what I had. I had the Chinese version. Um, Give me 750 CC stat. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. It, it it had the electrical system upgraded to to a twelve volt battery, so it could run off like basically instead of a six volt electrical system, um, it had twelve volt system like our cars do. So yeah, I could do an electric start. There was some cool stuff that had been modernized on it a little bit, but other than that, man, it was basically just like riding around in a piece of World War II tech. Yeah, that's crazy. It's low tech, <laughs> you know. It's right, right. <laughs> it is all mechanical. Uh, not a single electronic thing to be had on there. There wasn't even a guy damn fuel gauge you know you, you determined whether or not you had gas as you unscrew the gas cap do i see liquid all right i got gas you know wow so. did it have a did it have like a a speedometer or it had a, a speedometer. Or like yeah that? it had okay. a speedometer and it had an odometer so i could keep track of how many miles i put on it and how fast i was going but it wasn't it wasn't in miles per hour it was in kilometers per hour that's right so, yeah it was pretty cool i i remember even though we were going at a crawl speed it felt like a roller coaster. I was oh, like, it was bumpy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was <laughs> I was hell, like, we're going to die. <laughs> I need a helmet, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. intense. Good times. Yeah. Awesome list, man. That's cool. Motorcycle yeah. made it. That's good times. Good uh, so uh, for me, I'll start at number 10 and go down. Uh, 10, I have the uh, 1975 Ford Grand Torino from Starsky and Hutch. Love that car. It's a Ford Grand Torino, not some crappy camper slash apartment and uh then at number nine i have the 66 um ford thunderbird from thumb and louise fucking love that car it's gorgeous uh i didn't know it was a 66 until i looked it up but i love that car and uh, sad that it is at the bottom of the grand canyon (laughs) (laughs) with thumb and louise (laughs) (laughs) yeah they are now hood ornaments, as it were. Uh, then also have the 1961 Ferrari uh, 250 GT from Ferris Bueller. Uh, the Ecto-1, which, as Randy said, was a 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor, which is pretty awesome. And I, and at one point in my life, I did also think it was a Hertz. So it is pretty cool knowing that it is an ambulance instead. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun little piece of knowledge there. Yeah, a car that helps people instead of <laughs> chauffeuring people. <laughs> chauffeuring dead people. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, six is right around your guys's with the Queen Family Truckster. Uh, you think mm-hmm. you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. Which is a, a 1979 Ford uh, LTD, uh, I believe is what it was. Which my grandma actually had an LTD, but hers was a sedan and not a um, not a wagon, as it were. Uh, then I also have at number five the um, the Aston Martin, the, the DB5. 
Uh, gorgeous car. Absolutely love that car. I I would love to to drive one. I that would that's like a bucket list kind of thing. That would be so badass. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I have the DeLorean. Uh, Back to the Future. And number three is the '89 Batmobile. Love that car. Freaking gorgeous. And uh, I would even take uh, Penguin's version in Batman Returns, or it's just like a coin-operated one that just kind of <laughs> jiggles back and forth. I would totally take that too. Almost uh, prefer that one. For that right? <laughs> right? I got room for that. Right. Uh, have like Jennifer Connelly sit in it, like in uh, Career oh. Opportunities. <laughs> you okay? I know what I'm dreaming about. Lately. <laughs> uh, number two is the Mach Five Speed Racer. I'm with you, Dave. I I fucking love the Mach Five and all the the gadgets that come with it. Holy shit! And I do think that the the Wachowskis uh, did the Mach Five justice in the 2008 live action rendition of Speed Racer. That is go speed go all the god dang way. Love it. Uh, and then coming at number one is of course the uh, the Batmobile from 66 Batman. I'm talking about the 1955 Lincoln Futura concept car. I would fucking die. I was telling Randy before we started recording that if I were Jeff Bezos, I wouldn't be going into space. I would be cruising around in my, in my fucking 66 Batmobile and just be rocking out to the, the Batman theme with your Blues Brothers fucking speaker on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be amazing. And I would love every second of it. And I'd love it if the fire shot out the back. I think that'd be so cool. I love how it has the 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 windshields on both sides on both you know the driver and the passenger but yet it's it's a convertible at the same time you know it's it's fucking awesome i love that love that car love everything about it and um my goodness that is number one for me nice so we had eight vehicles that crossed over and all and one vehicle that actually made all three of our lists so kudos to the family trucks there for being on all three of our lists <laughs> right <laughs> metallic yeah. p hey, metallic yeah. p and then Justin and I both had the uh, the Ferrari from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Randy and I both had the Blues Brothers Mobile. Justin and I both had the Mach 5. And then Randy and Justin, you guys both shared the Ecto-1, the DB5, the DeLorean, and the 89 Batmobile. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's a good one. I almost had the 18 van, but I think that the mystery van, or the mystery machine is cooler than the 18, than the 18 van. Yeah, there were a few vehicles that were like on my honorable mention list. The A-Team van was definitely one. Mystery Machine, I didn't know if I could count that because it was only animated, but mm-hmm. uh, but it totally should count, yeah. And then, fair enough. No, no, you're right, you're right, fair enough. Um, but my other one, and this one was kind of like a deep moral, moral dilemma for me, was the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard because I loved that show growing up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't necessarily feel like it, it was... It, it should have been on my top 10. Right. It's a cool it's a car, but... Cool yeah. car, but, you know... <laughs> like the ship, not crazy about the name. <laughs> yeah, totally, right? Yeah, and I'm kind of the same way with, like, Smokey and the Bandit, you know, Bandit's car and, you know, Knight Rider. But they're just so, like, white, trashy cars, man. Like, <laughs> just, it's like, eh. Right. Like the Camaro, like, IROC, Firebird, Trans Am. Yeah, T- yeah, Trans Am, T-Bird, all that stuff. Yeah, you're just like, eh. Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> this, this car needs a fiery eagle on the hood. Then it'll be fucking amazing. Yeah. Especially like there's that era with like the T top. Yes. <laughs> that just, so nerd bomber. Whatever, whatever Stephanie from 
from Short Circuit, her boyfriend, you know, he's got one of them cars. So I had a friend in high school and like his first car and he was one of one of the first people I knew who had actually got a car of their own. It was a fucking T-top. And I remember you like took off these little panels and you had to store them somewhere in the car to like open up the, the, the little roof area above you. It wasn't like part of the door or anything. It was literally like these separate little panels. And mm-hmm. I never understood why that was appealing in any way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Did and you also have that... a removable tape deck? Now we're talking. Uh, I have to imagine it did. <laughs> yeah. I was how, with... how are you not going to get it stolen with a T-top? I know. You got to protect your goods, man. Uh, I was tempted to explore a lot of the cars from Fast and the Furious, but they're just too new. Even like the most recent one, obviously, is, you know, 2001. But, um, or I mean, the oldest one is 2001. But, like, I I just wanted to stick to the classics. Yeah, yeah I thought Minus the Charger the on there or, like, the Skyline. Yeah, just because Skylines, you know, fucking, they're iconic. Yeah, Skylines. Yeah, good. it's good. <laughs> it's probably good that we stuck to like vehicle, like cars in terms of vehicles. Because had we gone into like starships and stuff like that, it would have been a very different list. Right, you and know? we can have a list on on your favorite starships, I suppose. And mm-hmm. I, do, would the Jetsons vehicles count? Because I feel like. Do they ever they, do they ever go into space on the Jetsons cars, or do they only they do, just yeah. cruise around at high altitudes? And they go on us. They do both. They go into space, but they're primarily for uh, interplanetary Atmosphere travel. travel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless they go to like some. Mo- they got a dock with the Death Star up in in space, like yeah. basically sprockets and, or whatever. Number one would be Boba Fett starship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are some fun starships out there, though. That would be yeah. fun. We did that once, and a lot of them were all Star Wars, though. Yeah, I think so. It was like all. Star I mean, Wars. yeah. Well, Wars well we probably have like versions of the Enterprise, or like you know, yeah, yeah the Defiant yeah. for sure. Yeah, you, you know, we had like single seat. I think we did like single seat like starships. Um, yeah, that might have been what it was. I think I think that that's a good that's a good list because you know then it kind of narrows it down a little bit to where you're talking about like snub fighters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Battlestar like Galactica like Vipers in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't count the Raptors because those have two pilots. (laughs) There's a pilot and like the other person, (laughs) co-pilot. Yeah, and then they also house. You know, they can hold up to like ten people or something. I was thinking of those ships from Independence Day. Like, I think one alien is meant to pilot, even if it's uh, big enough inside for multiple humans. Right. Right. Yeah, those wacky racers. Good. We should have did wacky racers. They had oh, some fun cars. Now you're talking about like the Laugh Olympics. Yeah, get some Dick Dastardly action. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Muttley and Dick Dastardly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, those are fun. Those are all awesome cars. Quick and a motorcycle. Draw. Randy had to be crazy with his motorcycle. Well, I mean, technically, it's still got three wheels, so it's, it's more wheels than a normal motorcycle. Yeah, One like tricycle car. That's it is true. a trike. I mean, the cars in Flintstones only have two rollers. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> like rolling pins. They're basically motorcycles. <laughs> you imagine but, like overextending your foot, and then you get like rolled over, steamrolled by your own car if you fall out of the bottom of it. That would suck. You get pinched. It's like that Kiki challenge where people are getting out of their cars and like dancing next to it. And I hate like, that. <laughs> that shit makes me so nervous. Like, Dave. Two people they got like run over by their own car, and you're like, yeah, you deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate. I hate that stuff. 
those viral challenges just make me sick to my stomach. Like the one where the people are walking on the milk crates. Oh, that, that makes me so nervous. Once they get to like the top one, I'm like, oh, you're fucked. Yeah. Don't like it. No, no sir, I don't like it. Yeah. You're just a big fan of the deviant licks. Yes. Well, in the month of October, they're supposed to slap a teacher or a staff member. Yeah, so I we, dare we, them. We, we've had, right, we've had meetings about this shit being oh, at the school. Yeah. We, 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 are, we are aware of these trends. Yeah, we got something sent home in the mail, and then Amy's district, they sent some in the mail, just basically says, like, here's the trend. It's telling your kid to slap a teacher. And you just Here's what happens if that happens. Like, there's zero tolerance. There's no defense. You can't say anything. Your kid is like instantly expelled from any school in the district and will press charges. So, talk so did to you have kids. the conversation with your kid? Did you talk to your kid? <laughs> oh my, yeah, my kids. I, I talked to them like the first time I saw it. And I'm like, I'm like, I know you guys would never do it, and but this and that. And of course, they'd all heard of it. They're like, oh, you talking my deviant links. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, your mom's a teacher. You know that <laughs> we're, you know, unlike most parents, we're gonna believe the teacher first and then you second. So. uh if you hit a teacher, uh, you'll never play a video game for the rest of your life. Wow. So let, let me tell you guys a story. So this has nothing to do with that specifically. But although maybe because this did happen last month in September. So we have a brand new $70 million uh, stadium at the college that I work at. And we've been renting it out to the local high schools to have high school football games there. And I get a sweet amount of overtime working these games because I run the video board for it and, and nobody else knows how to do it. So that's my gig. I got this. Um, however, we have this also this beautiful brand new $23,000 golf cart that we just got at the end of last year. And uh, it's wonderful because we haul all of our shit around campus on it. And we happen to be parked behind the stadium. And some asshole kid from this high school threw a water bottle from a third floor like balcony thing onto the windshield of our golf cart and blew it out. We, we, we saw it and it looked like somebody fucking shot the thing out. Little did this kid know that there are cameras goddamn covering every inch of that place. So they, they got him on camera. And this kid was was caught, was expelled. And here's here's the here's the kicker. It is a private Catholic high school that you have to pay forty thousand dollars for the kid to attend per year. And this little douchebag got expelled and no money goes back to the parents, and they have to like sit on that. I mean, I can only imagine the amount of hell this kid went through for pulling that dumb stunt Good. and you know what i don't feel bad in the slightest kids the kid did a dumb stupid thing and paid the price and are you pressing charges so he has to pay for the repairs to your golf cart the high school is paying for the repairs oh, well, at forty thousand dollars per student per year that sounds like a lot of money that's a lot of goddamn money that's a lot of money for a college dude it's it a lot of high school yeah we went to uh because we were because amy went to private school and so, uh, you know, we went to her Catholic school to, you know, just to enter, just to see what the price was and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing how much Catholic school and private schools cost. Shit. We were like, hey, kids getting a free education. <laughs> <laughs> in the public school. Yeah. Like, here you go. Good luck. Yeah. I was public just... schooled. <laughs> I turned out all right. <laughs> It's amazing, like these kids, like some of them are, are so cool and nice and everything, and, and it is amazing how much money they dump into their athletics program. And of course, now that I understand, and I only found out just this week how much they have to pay for tuition, now that I see where, how they can afford all this, I totally get it. 
I mean, we had their homecoming game there. We had like fireworks and giant inflatables and like this whole halftime show thing happened. Like they dumped so goddamn much money into this thing. And I'm like, it's a fucking high school football game. I didn't understand. But when I realized how much how much money was involved, I, I guess I got it. Right. Uh, it, but just the attitudes of some of these kids and how they just mistreat the, the whole facility and everything. Um, they're just fucking spoiled, man. And I know I, I sound like that that old man. Hey, kids, get off my lawn, kind of thing. Get off my lawn. And and absolutely, yes, I will claim that role, and I will I will not even I will won't even feel bad about it. Dave's got you got fake grass. Do you still yell at people to get off your lawn, or do you not care? I mean, I don't know, fuck up my lawn. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, we have a we have a, we have a fence around like our main lawns. I mean, oh, that's lawn, right. They could fuck up would be like our parkway, and that's a small strip, but. Yeah, it just you know some some people got shitty parents. I mean, it's you know I know it's not always always the parents' fault, but a lot of times always. it is. <laughs> I mean, I know as kids we all we all like to kind of feel like you know we we're living dangerously from time to time, or we did something stupid or funny, or we thought was yeah. funny at the time. I not get me. it; it's a total thing. But but we never like we never destroyed property. Right. I mean, the worst thing that came out of it is maybe somebody's house got toilet papered. You know, maybe we threw a carton of eggs at their garage door. I don't know, but but we didn't like destroy things, and we weren't like doing it maliciously. Right. I mean, I think getting in trouble is part of growing up. You know, just yeah. doing you know, being a little bit of a of a of a troublemaker sometimes is a good thing. I think it, it builds character in a weird way. But as long as no one's getting hurt, and yeah. you know, they're not destroying property, then I, I think it's fine. And I'm pretty sure this kid that threw the water bottle at our windshield probably didn't think the windshield was going to blow up. Probably thought the water bottle would. But right. it turns out it just hit just right, and it just goddamn exploded. Yeah, nothing wrong with being a rascal. Yeah, like ring doorbells and run away. Kids did that. Yeah. motherfucker, when I had my kidney stone and I couldn't even move, <laughs> it's like they knew because like someone rings the doorbell and I get up. I'm like, oh my god, who could this be? And I'm in so much pain. I get there. And I hear kids laughing and running away. I'm like, oh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> this is why you got to get one of those, you know, going back to the ring thing. This is why you got to get one of those. I know, I know. And like, I can appreciate that they're having a good time, but I was like, this is the worst possible time that they could do this. And I'm just right. like, fucking asshole. It's like they knew. Yeah. I All know. these cameras and the Star 69. <laughs> Your kid's going to do that one day now. Just we used to prank call the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember those big walk-in phone booths at Disneyland? They used to have oh, over yeah. in yeah, yeah, Tomorrowland. Yeah. yeah, over across from uh, from Star Tours, we used to go into those big walk-in phone booths and yeah, just prank call people vision. in there. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. They were supposed to be like the phone booth of the future. You could have your whole family fit inside of it. Pretend like, around. <laughs> like, a, like a, around. a speaker phone. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. essentially what it was. Just a speaker phone in an enclosed glass booth. You couldn't really get away with anything in there, but we felt like we were, you know. Oh, man. Speaking of Disneyland, so uh, we went a couple weeks ago, and I love, like, the whole Galaxy's Edge thing. I think that's so badass. And and we we did the, um, was it Savi's Workshop, Dave? Yep. So it's called Savi's Workshop. And it was just this incredible immersive experience building your own lightsaber. And I had the time of my life. I felt like a little kid and I was I was just absorbing it all in. It was so fucking badass. And if if you are fortunate enough to be able to afford a trip to Disneyland 
and you are able to to do the workshop and build your own lightsaber, you will have no regrets. It is the coolest fucking thing ever. And I am so excited. I, I, I get giddy just looking at my lightsaber and picking it up and turn it on and swapping out kyber crystals and having time in my life. And I will never forget it. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I That's can it. second that. It is definitely the coolest thing. And yeah, I got to, I got to build my lightsaber, and then I got to go with Justin and you guys, and I observe. And uh, so I've been on both ends of it, and it is equally cool both ways. Yes, and the new ride, what is it called? Rise of Resistance. Rise of Resistance. Holy shit, that was cool too. That was that was an experience, <laughs> like none other. Run is the Falcon ride. Oh yeah, that was fun too. Although I don't think that. The controls are all that responsive. <laughs> to be honest it's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah, as, or not. as someone that was piloting, uh, I was telling it to go up, and it was not going up. And uh, there's that. But we still made it out. Did you try banging on things? Because that yeah. seems to work for Han Solo. Yeah, it works for Han, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was a bunch of bullshit. I was like, will you go up, goddammit? And then, like, it just would hit things. And I think, <laughs> I think that's to make the ride be... You know, jerky and jumpy, and and have a and and have that sense of urgency and danger. Mm-hmm. But we made it out. We can laugh about it now. We're all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I read there's a way to unlock something called Chewbacca mode, to where it's like basically like a super duper hard version of the ride. Oh, but we didn't do that. Gotta enter the sequence, like Furiosa when she's showing him <laughs> how to start the car. Yeah, all the switches. Uh, well, that was cool. So check it out. I, I, I encourage you to do it if you get the chance. It is good at time. Good times. Yeah. Uh that's all I got. You guys good? Good. I wanna I wanna plug a little movie. Heck yeah, um, man. So since our last podcast, uh, as was mentioned earlier, I did have a, a movie release out into the world. Uh since then it is called Like Dogs, and it was released on Friday, October first, just in time for Halloween for spooky month. Um, and it is kind of a spooky movie. It's not a traditional horror movie. So if you uh, are looking for just a bloody slasher kind of or paranormal monster kind of movie, this is not your thing. This is a psychological thriller. And uh, if you like stories about fucked up people doing fucked up things um, with some thinly veiled scientific experiment as the basis for it then uh, this is just the movie for you so if you get the opportunity check it out it's called like dogs if you have amazon prime then you can already watch it for free as it is on prime and uh, if you don't you can watch it for free on tubi you'll have to watch some ads with it but you get the movie for free that way and it's on uh, streaming and vod platforms all over the god dang place uh, so there's no reason why you shouldn't check it out it's a perfect time to do it. It's Halloween time. Everybody likes to get a little scared. So if you have a chance, check out Like Dogs. Now we're talking. And if you don't have Prime, it's $5 to rent an HD version. Uh, and it's $10 if you want to buy it. Damn straight. I probably get a penny for that, if oh, that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that's why I'm telling you, you know, there are free ways to watch it if you look for it. So um just just watch it and uh enjoy it and if you don't yeah eh, you lost 90 minutes of your life what's, <laughs> what's what's the worst you know what's the 94 worst? minutes Four <laughs> minutes yeah yeah it's you know. fun dude i i loved it i was lucky to watch a a screener for it a completed version and uh 
I fucking I remember I texted you out of the blue like Naughty Dogs don't get breakfast and you're like <laughs> holy shit are you watching that's a random you know obscure quote and I'm just like dude and I've been wa- I've been watching the reviews from people and you know there's this consensus like you know like I got the 30 minute mark you know like it 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 shifts its dynamic a little bit and I remember texting you like whoa (laughs) right like the 30 minute mark i was like holy shit dude yeah uh and so everyone's kind of on that same page and so i definitely uh, i concur i i i give this movie the uh cavender stamp of approval i enjoyed the shit out of it and i'm very heavy that was a heavy stamp that yes. was a big stamp. That's like that big Last Crusade stamp. One hundred percent. I actually marks the spot. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's funny because the, the, there there is a very visceral reaction to this movie. Like people that really that, that like it, like really like it, and and sing its praises and that kind of thing. And there are a lot of really positive reviews out there. But again, for people that 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 don't like it, whether they're expecting something that's a little bit bloodier, gorier, or they're just not in the mood for that kind of like mind fuck of a slow burn kind of a movie, at least for the first 30 minutes, it's a slow burn, then it picks up considerably. Um, it's just like, it, it, it'll get tore apart. You know, people are just going to eviscerate it if they're, you know, not into that kind of movie, or, you know, if they were if they were sold a false bill of goods, like, Hey, I was expecting blood and tits and shit. And, and I'm not getting any of that here. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you're either one end of the spectrum or the other, you don't really, there's not too many people that are falling in the middle. That's but a good thing though, Randy. No, I, I agree. And, 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 and it's, we, we make movies to get reactions out of people. Right. And, and David and I having come from comedy movies, all three of us coming from comedy movie backgrounds, that kind of thing. Um, then to make a jump into something that's more of a psychological mindfuck thriller kind of thing. Um, the only thing that's changing is the way that we're getting a reaction out of you. We're still writing to get reactions out of you, you know, and uh, that, that's that's the interesting thing here. And and I'm, I'm really happy that the the response has been uh, overwhelmingly on the positive side. But every once in a while and I and I try to avoid reading reviews. I generally do. But sometimes <laughs> I'll get tagged in them like on Instagram or I'll get sent one. Hey, check out this YouTube review. And those ones I like to watch because usually usually they're a little bit more on the favorable side. But every once in a while, I'll catch a negative one, like on IMDb or on Amazon Prime or something like that. And I'll be like, God damn it, why did I read it? It's just right. like like you don't read the YouTube comments on videos you post because you know people are just going to be assholes because they can because they have the 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 anonymity of the internet behind them. But um, but every once in a while, I'll read one and I'll be like, okay, that's why I don't read reviews. God damn it. And then I'll get a couple of positive ones and I'll be like, okay, then I'll read more. I'll go look for more. And then I'll find another negative one. I'm like, fuck, why? why do i do this myself <laughs> but but anyway that being said it, it's still a lot of fun and uh and definitely check it out if if you like those kind of movies sure no that's great i mean i always say on on don't be crazy that it's good to have a and i love it reaction or i hate it reaction because if, if it's in the middle then it was just okay and and what's that good for right right yeah. exactly I, I like this tagline for this this positive review feels like a 90s housewife i don't even know what that means <laughs> Where I, I haven't read that review yet. <laughs> it's like on it's IMDb. It's it's an eight out of ten review, so it's a, it's a definitely a, pr- a pr- promising review. It was just uh, strange to me. It feels like a nineties housewife. <laughs> Big hair and drunk all the time. I don't know. Yeah. What does that mean? I, I don't know. The pr- premise of the movie is intriguing enough, like so many typical horror. Uh, then you slowly wade your way through, thinking you may have an idea of where things are going. 
like so much typical horror. Then a twist in Act 2 makes you think they've written themselves in a corner, and now you, you are certain you'll hate this movie. Like so many, so much typical horror. Bam, bam, bam. You're now pum- pummeled over the head with, with so many silly and, uh, and intriguing twists, each one upping the last. Uh, and then he just goes on to say that it's great. Uh, 8 out of 10. Oh, 8 out of 10 is actually kind of nice. I was going to say, that didn't sound like it was ramping up to a blah, 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 it's great. <laughs> it sounded more like it was going to uh, be. And then I felt like... I, par- I, I paraphrased uh, the part. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah, you think you've seen this. You think you've been there. You yeah. think that this is blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, nope, you were wrong. Yeah, I, I really swung for the fences in terms of putting twists in here because I, 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 I don't want at any point in time for anybody watching this movie to guess how the end is going to turn out. You know, and and even from watching the first thirty minutes of the movie, I guarantee you will have zero idea how it's going to end. So, yeah, um, I, I like the the, yeah. the final part of the review is uh, I actually want this to be a new horror genre. This is exactly the kind of movie you want to watch and enjoy with friends. However, if you're like me and don't have any, then just act like I'm there with you. Sorry about the heavy cologne and you're out of toilet paper. <laughs> Every review needs to end, and you're out of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, he, he he definitely tried. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, congratulations. Very proud of you, and everyone else, go watch Like Dogs. Yeah. This one's his best movie of 2021. There yeah, that go. was probably a total plant. I swear that one. Was <laughs> it's by RVD420. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's my secret account. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Calling me out like that. We're on. That's okay. They they teach you to always vote for yourself, right? Right. Because if you don't, don't do you that lose it by time. one vote, you know, <laughs> if you lose it by one vote, then then that's on nobody but yourself. Yes, exactly. Always vote for yourself. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, this was a long one. I, I had four things for us to talk about. <laughs> As per the use, went off the rails. But uh, very excited to be back. Uh, look for episodes to continue every week. The, the break is over. Back into uh, into hyperdrive and working mode. I'm excited about that. Uh, also, be sure to check out the Escape Pod podcast hosted by one Randy Van Dyke, filmmaker, writer. You know him. You love him, and he likes starships that are meant to fly. And uh, we're excited for season two of the Next Generation. Holy shit! Can you believe it? We're in the Pulaski years, and uh, it's it's gonna be unkind. I'm not Pulaski gonna lie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, also check out the Don't Be Crazy podcast. A lot of fun. Uh, Spooktober continues. Uh, we just did Paranormal Activity, and we kicked the uh, we kicked it off with something. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, Dream Warriors, and we did American Werewolf in London, and now we just did Paranormal Activity. So definitely check that out. Uh, Halloween Kills comes out this week, so we'll be checking that out, and that will uh, round out our Spooktober. Thank goodness. Too many scary movies. Uh, in the meantime, you stay healthy. You stay safe. And uh, you keep rock and roll, baby. Thank you so much.